0: This week on Invasion of the Podcast, West Coast Avengers Assemble, kind of. Is fan-made art legal? Kind of. And Paul's excited about fast food. Kind of.
1: We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon, the arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen. I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of Earth, attention. It's the Invasion of the Podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? And welcome to Invasion of the Podcast, where we try to take over the world one listener at a time. My name is Paul, to my left is... Steve. There, Steve. You may know him other things, such as the previous episode and the science slasher and uh, a little known uh, TV show called Lost. No, it's not. <laughs> 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 I was just trying to think of something. that was like, maybe you guys never heard of the show Falcon Crest? I don't
0: know. <laughs> I was a child actor, I was on uh, three seasons of Falcon Crest. <laughs> Like Lorenzo Lamas's son.
1: Nice. Uh, uh Alonzo's or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, uh this week we're going to be talking about uh fan-made art uh and because Wizard World, the Cleveland version, was this past weekend, and I did go, and we'll talk more about that in a second. It's just that uh, since Steve is also a a creator of, of comics and, and sells his wares at, at conventions, he had mentioned to me that that might be an interesting topic. And I was like, that's the Kismet. Let's just do it. So we're going to talk about that more. Uh, Steve has a game involving uh, fast food fails. Um, yes. That we'll get to Uh yeah, so let's uh, say so let's talk about the weekend. Uh, I was it was a world Cleveland. <laughs> like, just, uh, yeah, so um, I don't like I won't talk about like the fan art stuff because yeah. I mean we'll we'll get there when we get there. Sure. Um, actually, I guess what did you do this weekend? I should instead be just barging in here like rolling all over everything.
0: Um, on the topic of art, uh, from about made a bunch of fan art one o'clock until uh, almost uh, one o'clock in the morning. I was finishing a page for uh, the Saturday Night Slasher. Uh, it was a long day. Um, I then that's the fan someday, art police coming. That in, is. Uh, yeah. uh, I then spent the following day working on the next page. So it was a, it was a long, uh, long. Weekend. I did however catch up on uh The Outsider and actually that just finished I think it was Sunday. It did finish night. Sunday.
1: I yeah. I've not watched any of that. Uh not out not like out of like protest or anything. I just haven't. I also knew it was gonna be a limited series just because mm-hmm. I know how like I you know, so what did you think of it?
0: I, I really enjoyed it. Okay. Uh Ben Mendelssohn's amazing in it. I think that the thing that was the most interesting to me is is that they're already leading towards there being a second season and i know there's only one book so i don't know if king has some sort of treatment for maybe a second season that they're going to go off of or if they're just going to go I, on their the, own if
1: the ending is like the book and i'm not going to say it here because i don't want to ruin anything it's just like i think it's supposed to be more of implied like man these people are never going to be the same again. Like, I think that's kind of like the implication as opposed to, is there something else? Like, I think it's almost like this mental scar. Well,
0: there was a literally a scene, Ben Mendelssohn's character, who I can't think of his, I, this is unfortunate because I can't think of the two characters' names, but there's a, a character who's brought in who has, I, I don't remember if it's Asperger's or some sort of autism, but she's like. Oh, and extremely she's the, like,
1: smart the, the the private investigator lady, yeah. yeah.
0: And I guess she's in other King novels.
1: She is, and I've not read those other two or three, and I okay. feel like I've did myself a disservice because it seems like a character King likes a great deal.
0: I know that people love that character as well, and she's great on the show. Uh, but the like, I don't know, last five minutes is him and her like saying goodbye to each other after everything's wrapped up. And talking about, like, I'd like to work with you again sometime, you know, what else could possibly be out there? So well,
1: considering that the other books that she was part of had supernatural type of leanings, mm-hmm. I think Mr. Mercedes is one of them, too. That Because I know that's a series okay. that's on ATT's service, but yeah, I, I'm sure you could plug and play, you know, type of thing. But, okay, if they like the characters, Steve Stephen King has, uh, there, there's three books, I think, that she's involved in um, that tells you, uh, there's a, I have a little bit of a gap in my King reading. But I, I did read The Outsider. I liked it. I, it follows the same trajectory of a lot of Stephen King things where it's like, wow, this is a really interesting mystery. I like these characters. And it's like, oh, this is messed up. And you're like, oh, that, oh, that's it. Like, <laughs> <so> like <laughs> And I say that from a point of love, you know, sure. like and we just talked about Dr. Sleep. So like there's a lot of that, like, oh, that <laughs> goes on. But the, the just the locked room mystery of the outsider at the beginning is amazing with like i'm sure because they brought a guy who did a lot of uh crime tv to do a lot of the screenplay stuff for the outsider i believe so a lot of it plays more like um like crime fiction to begin with right
0: yeah i and again this is an unfair comparison because i haven't watched it but uh it made me think of true detective which my wife has watched but i only seen in passing
1: yeah so i just knowing that the beginning of it starts with, like, the most airtight alibi in the world. And it's like, and how do you fit? But it's like, but things still aren't adding up. Like, that's that was the part of the book I liked a great deal. So I will get to The Outsider just because I believed it was a limited series. Mm. But think of another season. That's cool, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, I haven't watched Watchmen yet, and people have been raving about that, so...
1: HBO's kind of looking for the next thing to kind of hitch their wagon to, so... Yeah, Yeah.
0: so they're coming hot and heavy, and, uh, I mean, maybe that's... You should watch The Outsider, and I'll watch Watchmen because I know that
2: you like Watchmen that was amazing. Yeah. But
1: I don't think there's going to be more Watchmen, which is fine. Like mm-hmm. it was for something that shouldn't have existed. It's just amazing, and you're like, "Oh, I can't even believe this is a thing that happened." I love it. I don't know if I need more because it's yeah. like this. It, it ends. It ends so great. But anyway, um, yeah. But Westworld season three is coming in like two weeks. So that's just going to leave people confused and angry. So yeah,
0: we got. I don't remember, I, I feel like we were seven s- episodes into the second season, and for whatever reason, we missed a week, and we never got caught back <laughs> up, and I, I don't know that I want to go back down the well, because I'm like, it's a really dense show, which is not a bad thing, but it's really not a show that you can just sort of breeze through, yeah, I, and I you gotta um, work at it, which <laughs> is not a bad thing, but unless you're really willing to give that attention to the show, it's... Not gonna be worth your time, I don't think.
1: I got halfway through the the first episode of season two when it was premiering and I just like was too tired. And it wasn't because I wasn't interested in the show, I was just falling asleep. And I'm like, I'll catch up. I've not watched the rest of the second season yet. I think I owe it to myself now to try to. Um I have been getting caught up on um, Better Call Saul, uh, because season four is now on Netflix, okay. um, which took them like two years to put it up, but I know season is now on TV and goddamn, do I love that show I'm halfway through season four it just keeps getting better and better and better like
0: yeah and then the other thing that I finished is uh McMillions so oh, I haven't finished that yet so please right, don't ruin that for it. me yeah
1: <laughs> but you showed me something on your Instagram because you uh shared oh, yeah. about yeah <laughs> so please this is really funny
0: so yeah um the Saturday Night Slasher Instagram I will try and I try to remember every week to post about the new episode of uh, Invasion of the Podcast. I get it about 70% of the time, but I had posted um, about last week's show and we'd had a discussion about McMillions at uh, the beginning of the show and there was a like on it and a thanks for watching the show and I'm like, who is this? And it was Frank Columbo, I think is his name. He was jerry's brother the one who like
1: um, the the the, like the the amicable guy that is like the brother of the mobster yeah like i ended up liking his him as like a person in the show a great deal so he was the one like thanks for watching and i'm like that's (laughs) i I almost feel like there should have been like a a comment from his wife being like yeah i guess like you know because like
0: (laughs) it is funny there's a lot of uh that in the show where He'll say something, and then she just
1: repeats it. Or, or you can see look on her face of like, I don't know if you should have said that, right. like Type of thing. <laughs> but that's great. That made me so happy. I was like, that's that's a. And everyone's like, ooh, close to mafia stuff. I'm like, I don't think social media liking of things is going to be like, you right. know, Oh, watch out! <laughs> We're targeted by the mob now. <laughs> Uh, see, that's actually why Steve made the fast food fails game—is to throw everybody off the trail. So that's, that's right. No. Um, I like I said, I just need a show of that one FBI agent just like talking shit about everything. <laughs> like,
0: uh, I think it's in the last episode. There is a fax that goes out that there's some debate over who sent. Oh, out that was the, p- the
1: previous episode. Yeah. Okay, and, yeah, I, and, like, and everybody's how, yeah. like,
0: "It it was him." <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he accidentally leaked it to the press.
1: Yeah, I thought that was funny. So yeah, that was great that we're getting a uh, we got some attention from the people, one of the people in McMillian. So yeah, uh, so like I so said, my weekend I went down to Wizard World Cleveland here. Um, I my my wife and I went, and the main draw for me to go this time, like I didn't go last year. Because uh, Wizard World is always, I'm conflicted because it is a fair amount of money, and you're not always sure like what you're really going to get out of it. Like the first two years, I was like, "This is great," and then, then the sameness of it kind of hit me, and I'm like, "I don't know," you know. And I would try to go down and try to, you know, like like um, I don't know, put out cards about the show, talk to people, you know. And if anybody listening, because you you found me as Dennis Nedry one time wandering around the sales, the sales floor, the convention floor, cool, I appreciate it, but. It didn't always work that way, and I try to talk to creators and be like, "Here's my card. Let me talk to you later," and then I get blown off. So this time I went very low key, uh, and so um, there was four voice actors from the the video game that you may have heard me talk about ever so often called Overwatch. Uh, I believe you l- a little it bit. Hasn't. You know, I just you know I just I dabble. Um, I'm wearing a wrist. I'm wearing an elbow uh, brace on my left arm right now that may or may not be related to like typing at work and playing Overwatch like that. So I might have physically hurt myself from some type of keyboard or video game activity. So yeah, I, I dabble, you know, like <laughs> but th- did you hear me say how I've not stopped? I was <laughs> like, I'm gonna put an elbow brace on. That's what and I'm gonna get liniments and I'm gonna you he know, plays
0: through pain people. Yeah. I just
1: hey, you know, if you if you want the goods, you gotta put in the time. But anyway, so there's four four voice actors that were going to be there, and I, w- I wanted to go see them because it's like I, I I do love this game and it's like we always talk about here on the show that if you get a chance to meet people that are involved with things that you love why not take the chance to go you know meet them um, so uh, we went down there and they had a panel uh, like with the four of them and so I, I'll say that I have an Overwatch hoodie that I was like you know what I'm gonna. No, I'm not gonna wear it. Like I just was like this says I'm I'm 41. Like I shouldn't be having these debates about like should I wear the hoodie with the video game on it or not? Like that's a weird thing, right? Uh, I like I put on my um my uh, Dragon Sound shirt from Miami Connection because I'm like mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna do I'm gonna wear a shirt that's just dumb, but I'm not gonna like go so on the nose, right? right. I don't know. I, I get weird about that sometimes, you know. And so I, as we're walking to the like down to the convention floor, someone's like, "Hey, Dragon Sound!" I'm like, "You're my friend. I don't know who you." Are but anyway, uh, <laughs> only time I got noticed all day long. Um, so as Mary and I are getting ready to sit down the, the the little panel, um we notice like other fans come in and it's like I don't know about you. Um it's it's weird to me uh to be in a room with people that love the thing that you love, but you feel like you have no idea what like how to communicate with them because they're so far in to it. You're like, yeah, we like the same thing. I not like you do. Like, it's weird to me. Sure. Like, like I could talk, I could talk about video games like all day long, but so there was three or four people wearing Overwatch hoodies of the characters that they liked. So I'm like, okay, good that I didn't wear my, my one that I have because they're, they're character specific there there's one guy who was wearing his his black hoodie there's a character called Moira she's scottish and she's evil and she's great but he had the hoodie and he had a black hat on with her name like embossed like these letters that are poking out of the top i don't know how to describe it other than like you would see like i don't know like um it looks like it'd be in like a mid 2000s rap video. I don't know how to describe this hat, but like the letters are so big, you know, like, and it's like, it's just like this awkward, goofy kid wearing this, but it's like, you could tell like, this was like his passion. Mm -hmm. And, and it was just weird hearing all this conversation there's like a guy to the right of me wearing an overwatch league uh, jersey um, and his his ringtone or his notification sound is the sound of what happens when you die in the game and i'm like that's a little much you know like but who am i like mean, what's a little much my my lock screen's dark hawk my when you when you swipe out of that my other screen's dark hawk i don't know you know like who like <laughs> I, I don't know right Um, but it's like people always talks. It was just, it was one of those things. It's like, it took me back to when I worked at GameStop and we would do a midnight launch for a video game. Like we used to, we had a couple of minute launches for World of Warcraft. I'm like, I love World of Warcraft. I don't want to talk to you about it because you freak me out. Like type of thing. So I don't know if you've ever been in that kind of fandom before. Like,
0: yeah, I mean, I think comic book conventions is just filled with that where, you know, comic book conventions are both wonderful in that they're a place that anyone can go and fit in they're also a place where sometimes you'll have a conversation you're like all right i'm gonna step away right now because <laughs> yeah. this is and a little much for that me that was the little
1: thing i was like i was like well maybe i'll talk to some people maybe i'll make a joke or whatever but i'm like nope like i just sat there just waited for the panel to start it was that kind of thing so
0: i think i've told this story previously but uh, one of the in- encounters that we had at a convention, uh, Ryan hadn't seen oh, yeah. Infinity War.
2: <laughs> and this terrible. guy
0: kept wanting to talk to us about it. And I'm like, he hasn't seen it. Please don't say anything. He's like, all right, I won't say anything. I... All right. The one thing that was awesome, though, I couldn't believe Red Skull came back. I'm like, why are you spoiling that for him? <laughs> I Literally, uh, it's one of the biggest spoilers in yep. the movie. Please leave the table.
1: I want to um, believe there's that one person now that's not seen it yet. Be like,
0: Steve, why did you do that? Uh, I imagine most of our listeners have probably seen it. I, I know, but
1: <laughs> like, there's the one person like, please don't talk about Infinity War in game this episode, please. Shit. You know, like,
0: <laughs> but uh, there's also been place or er, times where you know people will be like, oh, you like horror movies or you like slasher movies so you must like xyz and maybe i don't yeah and so it's it's always hard to be like yeah not really my cup of tea the one that always gets me is um just because i like horror movies and i like fictional slashers does not mean that i think ted bundy's cool or like want to have a conversation like we can have a conversation about like oh i watched um the zach efron movie um sure we could talk about the documentary which is actually better than the movie. Made by the same guy, oddly enough. Um, Or, you know, Jeffrey Nomer or whatever. Like, we live in that culture now where every five seconds there's a new, like, here's something somebody horrible did. And here's a two-hour documentary on it. But um, it's hard sometimes to just be like, okay, I I understand that you're a fan of that. Not my bag or really not my bag when it's about real life. Atrocities.
1: Yeah. So I just. It maybe as well as things like maybe I'm a little little too old for like going like the people that are around me, like you the age that you could tell the ages were a little like, you know, all over the place, yeah. but you know, maybe I'm not supposed to be target market. I get it, you know, but it still felt like, Yeah, I'm not gonna let my peacock feathers fly here. I'm just gonna just kinda sit here. And so they did the panel, um, which uh just uh the lady I forget her name now, but there's a character in Overwatch named Symmetra and she is an, an Indian woman that can construct light things or whatever. It's like the the like weapons of light. Think of like um like a visible woman type of thing where she can throw like orbs and shit, right? Anyway, uh, the lady when she was doing her talk or part of the panel, it turns out she was born in Cleveland, uh, and it was funny because she's like, Yeah, she's like, I am a Cleveland Indian. I'm like, Whoa, like that was like one of those things where I'm like, Only you could say that. Like, <laughs> it was, it was just really funny. I, Did
0: you tell so, her to go check out some fan art? you yeah, could probably yeah. find a chief wahoo Overwatch yeah, uh, uh, somewhere. Yeah, I was somewhere. like, uh, There's
1: just, yeah, it's a Smetra. <laughs> Don't look at the head. No. Um, but no, that was funny. But um the they had like when they had time for questions, like, like someone come up and be like, well, what are all your guys' favorite fandoms? It's like, these they're professional voice actors, they like what they like, but there was like these weird questions being asked, and I felt bad because it's like these are legitimate questions that well, legitimate to the person asking.
0: I will also admit, too, there was a point for a very long time it felt like Celebrities felt like they needed to prove their fandom, like particularly yeah. if they were cast in like a a you know a comic book movie. I remember, I feel like it was Christian Bale talking about like how much he loved the long Halloween and maybe something else Batman wise. I'm like, he's Christian Bale, like he's gonna be Batman whether he likes the comics or not. He doesn't have to tell us what comics he liked, yeah. But I, I think it was the uh, it might have been the first X Men. There's literally like a whole slew of like every actor like talking about whether they read the comics or not. and I'm like, it's little much like I get it. Not there, you know, not, I I doubt Holly Berry ever picked up a copy of X-Men before she was cast in this movie.
1: That's fair. Uh, so uh, like I, I did ask a question of the group. I was like, you know, considering that you're doing voice acting and with um with the characters and this world being kind of built, uh, like I was like was there like a back and forth of like when they cast you, like did you like when you started like doing the lines, did they kind of work with you to find the character, or was it they all right kind of something that was already presented to you like in whole cloth, and you, like you're just the voice? And it was interesting because all four of the actors were brought in at different points of, of the game, like so. Some of them had like the the lady who plays Widowmaker, who's a sniper, like Widowmaker, and she's French and heartless. The the character, not the actress, um, that we know she, of. She that was one of the first characters announced for the game, so she was actually cast right as they're getting ready to do like the in game. Like there was a little short film they did. That they were, you know, because there's all these little, these little movies that they do. So the character was already completed. Would
0: this be called a cutscene?
1: No, it was. Well, it's not a cutscene. It's actually like a five-minute like. Mini this is film. one piece
0: of lingo I know.
1: Yeah, uh, but they actually brought her in. Um, As they're doing the initial like so this character was already developed, you Mm -hmm. know, and then some of the other ones kind of came in and they said that the main story guy will kind of feel them out and like sometimes like work with them and find like, well, this is how we would do it. And it's like interesting to hear the process of how much it's being dictated by Blizzard and how much it is them finding the character. Uh, like the one gentleman who voices the character of Baptiste, he was like, He's like, Yeah, they try to tell me the backstory. He's like, I didn't I don't he's like, I didn't care, that's not my process. Just give me the lines. Like to admit that to a room of people yeah. that play this game, I was like, I thought that was funny. Like, not as in like haha, but it's like this guy's getting paid to do a role. Well, also, and, and like he...
0: how many pages of script was he given? Like he's not, not given an yeah. actual like story, you know what I mean? Like you get a script for a movie, you can at least glean some of the character from yeah what's written on the page. I'm sure a lot of the lines are like, let's move out, soldier.
1: Um, <laughs> there's a snake in my boot, you know. No, uh, get to the medevac. Yeah, get- <laughs> Call Cortana. Yeah. yeah. Insert Quarter to play again, you know. No. Uh, yeah. No, there's a lot of that, like the lady that played Symmetra. She's like, yeah, you're in a booth. And it's like, hey, uh, make a noise like you just got shot. Make a noise like you're on fire. <laughs> it was like, you're being frozen to death. Like, <laughs> so it was still fun to hear them talk. And then afterwards I went up, uh, cause they had their, their four tables side by side, like on the, are like the, you know, the guest row. And, um, I went up to the lady that played, um, uh, Sombra, who's another character. She's a hacker and she can go invisible and all this stuff. Her name's Carolina Revasa. Rav- and I was like, I had to meet her because, um, her character like one of her voice lines is just just boop. Like she'll like boop people in the nose and be like, boop, you know, like that. Like and it's it's like it's a joke from her like when they first announced the character they showed a movie and she did that to one of the like other people. And then whenever I went up to go get like she I got like a picture of her or whatever, she's she's like, What do you want me to sign on? I was like, Boop, you know, and she's like, Okay. So then she booped me, like in the picture. That's what I posted on my Facebook okay. it was her booping me. And it's like she was really entertaining. And I asked her, I was like, How do you deal with like the fans? Like, you know the weirdos <laughs> like you right. know, and she's like oh she's like they'll start telling me what they did in the game and I'll be like that's great and then they'll ask me questions about the game and I'll be like what do you do and they're like they'll tell me and she's like that sounds great like she sounded like she sounded like what Tony Shalhoub's character was doing in Galaxy Quest when he was like the engineering guy and I was like and that sounds like the right decision <laughs> you know? but yeah it was, it was nice to talk to her and I talked to uh, Chloe Hollings who does the voice of Widowmaker and I let them both know that their, their voices have haunted my dreams because when you hear their characters talk, you're usually dying. (laughs) Like, so, and she's like, yeah, we get that a lot of like, I hate you, but I love you. Like, so it was, it was nice to meet them. That's cool. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know. I thought I just, again, I didn't get a chance to meet the other two, but you know, it's, it's a product that I play a lot and you, you just, you know, it's weird. Cause as I was talking to both of them at separate times, like I was talking about something and they would say lines from the game, So it was just really weird to be like, you're physically here in front of me. I'm hearing the voice of this video game character right now. And I'm not dying. Like, it's just like, you know, yeah, it was, it was, it was nice. So there you go. Yeah, I know. Anyway, that was, that was my weekend. Then I, then I um, stayed home on Sunday and I played overwatch with my new best friends that (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: did you guys all get like exchange uh information yeah i know you could all have a gaming session after
1: yeah because like everyone's like well how do you play the game she's like like the lady who's uh who was playing who's symmetric she's like yeah i don't do voice chat because i don't want people to actually hear me and then realize that i'm not good but like that's her (laughs) voice and like yeah so that was kind of funny but um yeah it was it was just cool you know like and asked them like, how Cleveland was treating them, and it's like, and like there was nobody in line. So I'm like, "Is it okay?" They're like, "Yeah, it's okay." I'm like, "Good," like come back sometime, please, <laughs> you know, um, you know, because you can't always get like Dean Kane to show back up to Wizard World or whoever else. Like uh, Carrie Yules was there, um, Wallace uh, Wallace Sean okay. was there as well. So there's some decent names, you know, uh, this time around. it's just you always wonder each year they announce. It's like, is, it, is are the people going to show up? or Are they not? Yeah,
0: yeah, I know that there have been a lot of cancellations over the years. Uh, Like, was it the year before? Like, it was supposed to be a Dexter reunion and none of them showed up.
1: Yeah, it was like two years years ago or whatever. And then like that, two years ago, Jason Momoa was supposed to be there and he couldn't make it, so they brought the guy that played Cyborg in. And then I know Momoa came last year because I think he wanted to make it up to people that had had planned on seeing him. So that's cool, you know? But yeah, this year was the cast of Outlander, which I... Nope. Uh, also, uh, CW is Superman, Tyler Hawking uh, H- and whatever his name is. yeah and. Yeah. Um, and on another, there's two other actors from Supergirl. Oh, and also uh, Phil Lamar oh, was yeah. there too. And he was to our right. And it was like, you know, he was wearing a Green Lantern hoodie. And I'm like, that's cool, you know. Yeah. But it's like, I kept tell Mary, he's like, you want to meet Hermes? She's like, ah. I'm like, well, we can meet Hermes. And we didn't get a chance to actually meet Hermes. Yeah, um,
0: did he have a a photo of him uh, from Pulp Fiction?
1: I don't know actually. As much
0: as I love Phil Lamar, that's the thing that I think I first noticed him in as Marvin, uh, who gets his face blown off in the back <laughs> of the car.
1: Yeah, I don't. I didn't see that. I looked over and there was a nice. Uh, like 8x10 that was of all the characters for Futurama. I'm like, that would have been cool, but yeah. I'd already spent my money on video game characters, you know, as opposed to... I feel
0: like if you're going to get something like that, though, wouldn't you want to have, like, maybe Katie Seagal and, and Billy West and well, John DiMaggio eventually you would collect them, well, right? Well, no, I'm saying, yes, that's true, but, like, I, I feel like... If I was gonna buy like something that's all the characters. I would want to have the opportunity to at least get them all in one shot
1: so. that that's fair. so but yeah, so that's it, me.
0: I'm greedy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so that was my part of the weekend. We'll talk more about the fan art stuff in a second., uh, so yeah, um actually, yeah, let's just uh, let's just get to the news. Everyone. So, actually, before we get to the news in general, I, I actually have a, I have a health tip for you guys. Uh, Steve doesn't know this, but with all the stuff being canceled recently, which I'm actually surprised now in hindsight that was a real Cleveland actually happened. It's a crazy how everything's starting to get like shut down because of the well, coronavirus. It,
0: we didn't have those reported cases until yeah. Monday. Yeah.
1: So, uh, and so that was funny because the lady that um that uh, Carolina Vavasso, Rav- when she was like, "Okay, I'll boop you," and she brought out a disinfectant wipe, she's like, "No, I'll, I'll like disinfect boop you." So it was just funny that you know she did not give me coronavirus i hopefully i didn't give it to her i don't think i have it if i do steve i'm sorry you're now in trouble (laughs) Uh, um so the with that being said like people were like just being kind of weird about like you have to wash your hands for 20 seconds and all it's like it's not that bad like i like it's just just wash your damn hands it's not that bad but i noticed myself as soon as i wash my hands the first thing i do is like you know touch my face i don't know why i just i'm so now consciously aware of how often i touch my face
0: yeah i i bite my fingernails like all the time yeah and i'll be sitting there doing it and i'll be like oh well this is a good way to get sick
1: awesome. <laughs> yeah i just lick trash cans no uh so i people have been like trying to come up with different ways to the count off the 20 seconds so here's the imp- I, I have 20 seconds here you guys oh this is the tip this is the tip i have a 20 seconds that you guys can clip this up put this on repeat and this is how this is going to remind you that you've been washing your hands for 20 seconds.
2: I
0: feel like we're on... uh... Uh, the the uh, radio show on uh, um, Parks and Rec. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, it's like a zoo morning show. Where uh, yeah. it's like so and so in the queue for whatever the, his the, name. Douche, yeah. the douche. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> the, yeah. No, oh, that is um, that's from uh, Dumb and Dumber. That's whenever um, Jeff uh, Jeff Daniels' character gets the turbo lax and has to run into the bathroom. <laughs> and, uh,
2: that
1: that clip is that that version. Of that clip is twenty seconds long. So now you guys just keep that with you. Hit play, start washing your hands, and then you'll be free. So there's your there's your health you'll tip. You'll be free? Yeah, you'll be free of germs. Okay. Uh, but you'll just have to hear <laughs> Jeff Daniels just taking a ridiculous shit over and over <laughs> and over again. <laughs> so there you go. That's your health tip. Important That's the- safety yeah. tip. Thanks, Egon. I hope you... <laughs> I, I hope you guys appreciate that. Um, so, all right. I, I just want to sort of hope some people on this are listening with headphones. Like, oh, why? Like, what? Like, <laughs> you know, or some people be like, you know what? I'm glad they're looking out for us, you know? So, all right. Uh, first things first, um, now that we've got that out of the way, uh, the, the Avengers campus at Disneyland uh, is coming soon. And Steve sent this to me that, like, to take a look at this cuz they have the Star Wars land. Mm-hmm. That the Star Wars one's out in Disneyland as well, right? The Galaxy's so, Edge. Yeah. Okay. Um, here's something dumb I didn't realize until someone pointed it out to me like on social media that I'd always get Disneyland and Disney World mixed up. Disneyland has LA side by side in the name Disneyland and Disney World has OR in its name side by side. So now I always remember Disneyland's LA, Disney World's Orlando. I'll never get that mixed up again. Wow. Right, that's pretty cool. I, I know it's like, oh, well, that makes sense now because I get the <laughs> I, you know, so, uh, yeah. So this this Avengers Campus thing looks pretty cool. Um, would I go? Yes. Can I afford to go? No. Um, but I just want to point out, like they have, like they have the Avengers actual campus where they're supposedly going to have like like um, a Quinjet, and you'll see like Captain America, Black Widow, all that stuff. Uh, there's going to be like an area that's like Doctor Strange themed. Um, the one I think is great though is. Uh, the PIM test kitchen. I don't know if you read anything about. I that I read at all. a little bit about it. Yeah, um, it's just because of the food pictures that they showed. Because like they're going to be uh, like showing like, oh, this was hit with PIM particles. Like they have these oversized big pretzels <laughs> that have uh, like the little the little discs that he would throw. Like the little I don't know how to describe them. They like they look like the thing that you put in a record player to, to for a forty five. Like, but. Whatever yeah. he throws, right? So that's jammed into these pretzels, and these pretzels are oversized, so I thought that was great. Um, these oversized meatballs that they uh, – it's like, oh, no, they got too big. <laughs> and then um, this uh, this chicken – the not-so-little chicken sandwich is this oversized, like, breaded chicken patty with a tiny, like, slider bun. Yeah. So I just think th- – it's such a dumb idea, but I love it where it's like, we can't get our sizes right. It's Ant-Man, <laughs> you know? Um, so – and then also they have a, um, a beverage here that's called a Pingo Pingo Doche Soda which is the name of the company from the incredible Hulk that, uh, Oh
0: my God. The one that, uh, Stan Lee ends up drinking. Yes.
1: So they got this green drink. That's so hilarious. I was like, that's a deep cut for like what's yeah. going on, but I thought that was funny. So I like that the, the Pim thing is more of a, like a food area, but it's kind of, kind of fun. That makes sense. Uh, and the idea that it's a test kitchen. I think it's hilarious. I also like that, um, they're actually bringing in taskmaster to be like one, of, like one yeah. of the villains, uh, Seems it's like, smart. Yeah, I think. I mean, uh, did you see the newest trailer for Black Widow? I don't think I did. Well, then I'm not going to ruin it for you. They show, they show some of him mimicking some fighting styles. You're going to lose okay. your mind when you see one bit. You're like, shit, they did that. It's pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, like they're they're putting their money where their mouth is, saying people are going to like Taskmaster. It's like, yeah, he's Superman with the face mask. Not Superman. He's Captain America with the face mask. We could just have another shield, you know. But that's cool. They're going to have other villains that they fight. And whatever, like I like the idea that the narrative is that you get to be a hero. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I know this is all a big money grab and I know that like as much as I know you want to go to galaxy's edge, I do wonder sometimes about like, yeah, this is all kind of cool to go see this stuff, but it's like, it just, it's just, I don't know. It still feels a little weird.
0: So we're planning our trip to LA in October. Okay. Uh, my wife and I actually just had a, about an hour long discussion about this last night. And, uh, what we're planning is Universal Horror Nights. Uh, we're we've done the VIP package the last two times that we've gone, so we're gonna try and get that again for Halloween night. Um, which VIP you get, uh, you know, head of the line passes. You get like, a, um, there's like a. a it's it's a I want to say it's a buffet, but it's not really a buffet, but it's like a foods thing that's just open the entire night. Okay, you can go anytime and get food. It for you know it doesn't cost you extra. Um, there's the backlot tour, which is cool to go through at night. Um, so you get all these cool features with it. But our plan is is uh, that Saturday we're gonna drive to Pasadena because the original Myers house from 1978 to Halloween is there. So we're going to go see that during the I day. I thought that was
1: in Illinois.
0: No, it's it's, <laughs> it's in Pasadena. It's in Haddonville, Illinois. Crazy. Haddonfield,
1: um, home of the uh, of the palm tree.
0: <laughs> so we're, we're planning to go That's there cool. during the day and then Universal at night. But my wife was, you know, she's like, do we want to do Galaxies? Do we want to try and do Galaxies? That's why we're out there. And I've been on the fence. It should be a no-brainer for me. And... Seeing what they're doing with D23, D23, sorry, with Avengers Campus, I'm kind of liking that idea more. Here's part of the problem that I have with, and it's not a problem, but I think that with Galaxy's Edge, you want to go and you want to experience the things that you saw in the movie. And Mm -hmm. the the idea, it's an interesting idea to be like, this is a completely new locale. Yes, the Millennium Falcon's there, but... um, you know, it, there won't be any of the, like, there won't be a cantina, like, which I'm still baffled by. I'm like, why wouldn't you just build the cantina? That just that's feel, the thing people
1: would want to go to. Yeah. That's, you're, you're, it's a bar. You like, know. Just uh, built yeah. in. Um, Even the Pym Test Kitchen has uh, alcohol. Like, they have, like, an area where you like, of course, it's a science lab. I want to drink science drinks. Right.
0: And I believe. That make my brain do things. You know, the, the food's there. They wouldn't reveal what they were. Because they're like, well, these are Star Wars foods. See? And it's like, I don't want to guess what I'm eating. And I think they've like loosened up on that. And then. This tastes like Muppet. I don't know what's going on.
1: Um, you, Is this salacious crumbed chicken? I don't know. Like, what?
0: <laughs> you don't get to experience the things that you. It's Star Wars themed. And it's yes, it's a planet that you've not seen. But it's also based in the new films, which, again, I don't really have a problem with that. But the things that are iconic to Star Wars are in those first three movies. And I think not including them is a detriment. So Um, by first
1: three movies, do you mean um, Star Wars 4, 5, and 6?
0: Yes, yes, I do. (laughs) So a side note here, people. Um,
1: As I like to call them, SW4, SW5, and SW6. That's why I like to call them now.
0: So and I had somebody post on my, (laughs) my Facebook with this that, Oh, well, let me step back. I had made a, a, a mention that on Twitter I saw somebody refer to the Empire Strikes Back as Star Wars 5. Not even saying like Empire or ESB, which I think are far easier to say. They were like, oh, I always like Star Wars 5. I'm like,
1: Did they, Star so, Wars 5? So they didn't use the Roman numeral. They just used no. number 5. Okay. Yeah,
0: and I'm like, it just broke my brain. I'm like, <laughs> it's never uh, been... Episode 5 to me, it's not. It's always been The Emperor Strikes Back. And I understand it's generational, and I understand that I'm an old man. Um, and it's not something that I was like, darned kids, it was just one of those things where I was like, I, I don't understand it, but it, it bothers me, and it shouldn't, but but why does it bother me? Long story short, somebody was like, well, they're technically right. And I'm like, I get that they're right. I'm not debating that. It's ab- about calling it that. It like, would
1: be like saying, hey, Steve, what's your favorite Indiana Jones film? Uh, Indy2. Yeah, it, it. What? What the? Fuck? <laughs>
0: so, long story short, we're we're talking about uh, doing Galaxy's Edge, and I'd probably go, and I'd probably love it, and I'd be, you know, all this posturing I'm doing about, like, oh, I can't go and sit in the cantina, or I can't do this, <laughs> um, but seeing Avengers Campus, I'm like, wow. Well, I mean, that'll be an option i don't well, know i feel
1: like so the the whole goal with this too is because everyone's like well like you're gonna see black widow and it's like and i know at the end of uh end game it's like and their whole argument is like this it's the multiverse it's like yes teach us the people that cinematically whatever comics whatever but if you're going to create an environment where you have your characters that you love cool like this is just another universe of like of marvel like a different one I teach people this. So that way they don't get butthurt. Like I just like, I like, cause people get like, is this canonical? It's like, I don't know. I don't think Dr. Strangeland is right beside the Avengers campus. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. You know, like, Oh, I don't think like the Pim test kitchen, which, you know, that, that's oh, what based San Francisco, the Pim, like whatever technology is. Yeah. It's like, I don't think that's right against New York. So like, just let it go. It's fine. You know, like, um, so I think that way you can have the opportunity to tell more interesting stories with characters that you like. Um, but also with this too, it's like, I feel like you can, w- there's a little bit of diversity here. So maybe if you're like, well, I don't know about this, I'm going to go, you know, eat giant pretzels and have fun with that. Cause it seems like there's more comedy there and there's a Spider-Man ride too here. That sounds kind of cool. And this all actually all wraps into, um, the guardians of the galaxy mission breakout mm. there too, so, which has been there for a few years now. So like, I guess they're opening up like the collector's room there too, like from the guardians films with, uh. What's his name? So a yeah. place that was actually in the movie. Yeah, but you saw the Toros thing. Yeah, so they're actually going to have that, um, right?
0: And I guess that's the point that I'm making is, is that, like with Star Wars Land, I wanted it to be an experience of living in the movies, and it's sort of like, well, here's something that you haven't seen from the movies, which again is an interesting idea. But the attraction for me would be to go and experience those places that I've loved for for a very long. That's time. fair,
1: I guess. With with comics and like with with like the the expansive idea of like the Marvel Universe. It's like if you give me something that feels the spirit, and you get me the characters. Like, well, it would be weird. It's like these are all new Marvel characters you've never heard of before. It's like, oh, what? Well, I mean,
0: there are there characters that we'll have known, but I just. I don't know. I, it, it it seemed weird not to include some of the iconic locations. Be like,
1: that's not Peter Parker. That's uh, that's Ben Riley. Like, what? <laughs> exactly. Why? Why is the Scarlet Spider the one that's here? People are getting confused by that. It's like we don't own. Like, and he's we, got like, ankle pouches. The, he got ankle pouches. <laughs> yeah, it'd be like, oh, that's a. Uh, um, that's not iron man. That's i I'm just trying to think who else was that. That's the crimson dynamo, but it's iron man now. Like, okay, whatever. Just keep going. <laughs> um, yeah, it'd just be funny. So, um, so yeah, I, I just, I'm excited for this. I didn't realize this was opening as soon as it was. And I guess it's one of those things that just kind of put it out of sight, out of mind. Cause I never thought it would be a place that I'd be like, yeah, let's look, let, that'd be cool. But now I'm actually kind of, kind of interested in this. So this might find Disney. You might get my money to go to a park. Flash
0: Fine. forward to November, where I'm like, "Galaxy Edge is amazing," and I'm like, you know, an idiot. So <laughs> we'll see.
1: Yeah. Um, all right. So next story here, we'll get through. Just uh, this, this is uh, this is not good news. So this is um, actually uh, this is not well. Here, this is bad. News. Hooray!
0: Hooray! Uh, Denied.
1: Max von Sydow uh, passed away. He was 90, so it wasn't like this was something that's like, oh, too soon. too soon. But still. Amazing actor, Uh, like a guy who not only could he just bring it as like an actor, like has presence, he would dabble in genre stuff. Yeah. And I think that's where I think that's where people love him, right? I uh, I can't help it. I will. My favorite thing of his is Brewmaster Smith from uh, Strange Brew, <laughs> uh, a, a film that we will talk about on this podcast eventually. Because uh, like someone else wrote recently, it's like he played it so like he never like broke character. Like he he knew the movie he was in, but he played it like very seriously, and he like he chewed the scenery in that way, and it's so good. Yeah, it's like there's no good reason for Max Fonside out of in a movie about like an evil like brewery that's going to take over the world, you know, <laughs> with Dave Thomas and Rick Moranis. Like, there's no reason for that to exist. Uh, but yeah, like, even when he was in Game of Thrones, like, past couple seasons, he was good. It just, there's a Spanish film called Intacto that's probably 15, 16 years old now uh, that he was in briefly. That's really cool. It's like, imagine if luck was a physical force and some people possess more than others. Yeah. And he, um, like, he's one of the guys that has some of the most, like, the most luck in the world. And it's like, there's this whole thing where people try to get to him. Cause if you beat somebody, you can, like, take it from them or something. It's like, you watch the movie, it makes more sense, but it's like this whole world of, like, people really push the limits of what they can do because they believe they're luckier than another person. Hmm. And he's in it. And the whole other, the rest of the film is in Spanish, except for him. And it's like they let him just play his character, and it's really cool. Like it's it's a cool little film. Interesting. Um, But yeah, I just he always seemed forever old to me. I think it's probably because The Exorcist they put all the old age makeup on him. Um, But I just I I like I I like Max von Sydow, and it's one of the most
0: like convincing old age makeups that you're ever going to be see yeah like i, I he's like th- 40 at the time he looks like he's 80
1: <laughs> i like that my go-to is like strange brew as opposed to the exorcist you know but yeah like he also so good in that too like yeah. just yeah um also uh movie i've never seen but i know a lot of people uh love for various reasons is uh flash gordon uh, I've never seen Oh, yeah, that. he's being the merciless. I forgot yeah. about that. Uh, I meant to see it because the Cleveland Cinemas had a midnight showing and I missed it. Um, I know that he liked doing that, too. Like, I think... This is just a guy that, like, he liked performing. And he and he he wasn't above any role. Like, I feel like he always brought it, you know? And how many more of these guys do we have?
0: I think about him in the same way that I think about... Um, oh, my God. I, oh, God, the actor's name just fell out of my head. Oh, this is a bad analogy. Um... name name a movie. Um, So the the point that I was going to make was, is he was the uh, nemesis in Star Trek Six, the undiscovered country. Oh, oh, fine, actor uh,
1: Jeff. No, um, shoot. No, he was. He's in Knives Out. We just Christopher Plummer. Christopher Plummer. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: it's one of those things where I'm like, Christopher Plummer seems like this very, you know, um, had a very distinctive career or whatnot. But then it's also like he was the head Klingon in Star Trek Six. You know, he was
1: the voice of a bad guy and up you know like yeah uh, so it's maybe, just he plays an awesome role in Knives Out which I finally have given Steve the digital code for so maybe he'll watch it one yeah, day yeah i uh, still
0: thought you gave me Jojo Rabbit as well and i oh watch yeah that.
1: um but yeah when Plumber goes then then also it's like well who else what other old actors are going to get in to replace Kevin Spacey in movies i don't know but uh yeah it's like there's, there's just this era of actor that it's like i don't know like it's just you know appreciate them while they're here and and i just max von side out hit his presence is always going to be there, you know. Like, um, and I forgot about off the top of my head. I forgot about uh, um, Needful Things. He's good as that, as the double. I've that. never seen Needful Things. Um, I forgot he was a Minority Report as well. Um, and he was in a uh, episode. Sorry, Star Wars Seven. Yes, he was. <laughs> he
0: was, and he's immediately killed in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Which I was like, well, it's really weird that you cast uh, him for that part and then just kill him off within two minutes. But, eh. It was his nice. chance to be in a Star Wars movie. Can't can't blame him.
1: I just want to believe that Abrams is like, man, how did you get that guy from Strange Brew into this film? <laughs> I, think, oh.
0: I will say that I, I love Abrams. Like he does have an appreciation for all types of film. Like he yeah. loves like Don Coscarelli's Phantasm. Um, I was watching a documentary about a filmmaker whose name escapes me right now, but he made like sort of straight to, to video movies in the like early '90s, maybe late '80s or whatever. And J.J. Abrams shows up talking about how much he loved his stuff, and I'm like, he he does. I I will give him credit. He does love film, and he will. I, I still like Abrams. I just
1: he there's he, there's just a little there's some goodwill lost. I'll just say that you know. But there's a lot of his stuff I like. Still a great deal. Like I. Guy the guy has a vision at times, you know. <laughs> I still love Super 8. I think Super 8's a great film. I mean it's him channeling Spielberg throughout, but it's oh, I love Super 8. Mm-hmm. Have you seen Super 8?
0: Yeah, okay. I have. It's it's a it's a decent movie. Uh, How dare you? No. <laughs> my my memory of it was, was, and I think I may have watched it after the first season of Stranger Things. I'm like, ah, that's less interesting, than Stranger Things.
1: Um, that's funny that, that you watched that after Stranger Things because it was. And out, I know like, it came yeah, out before, yeah.
0: yeah. But I, I feel like I watched it around that same time. And I maybe Stranger Things had already scratched that itch. Maybe had I seen it previously. This is, whoever
1: he works with that's like his creature designer, it's like, they're like, yeah, could you make it have human eyes? Like every one of his monsters is like, yeah, it's creepy. Its nose is all weird. Can can you give it human eyes? Like it just feels like every <laughs> single time it's like, oh, that monster's just like us. It has blue eyes. Like, no, you no. Know, so it's just whatever. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Max von Al. Uh, you know, I'm glad that we were able to enjoy you while you're here and you like, I, and I, I, this isn't one of those guys that just, you know, passes and like, no one remembers like this. He's a known commodity and you know, yeah. it sucks you're out, but we appreciate everything you've done. So yeah. All right. Uh so going from someone who's passed away to a character that is undead. Uh so uh now that um Blumhouse has hit it big with the Invisible Man, uh that there's now talks of them producing a Dracula film with uh Karen uh Kuz- Kuzma Kusama. I I, I- gonna mess up her I last name i think
0: that's how you say it, yeah.
1: yeah um who has directed uh the film destroyer with uh nicole kidman and jennifer's body which that movie wasn't directed bad i just hate diablo cody's writing with like the passion of a thousand sons
2: <laughs> I, uh,
0: I don't mind diablo cody's uh, uh, uh writing um i don't know i i felt like when i was watching jennifer's body i'm like i imagine like to like teenagers this movie's amazing so uh, again it just wasn't my cup of tea yeah. but at the same time, I don't think I was the intended audience for That's it. That's fair.
1: So, but I think this is just exciting because with Universal, whenever they were trying to do their dark universe, and they were going to spend all this money and put all these big names, and it's like, and this kind of fell out, of the, like you know, fell out of the starting gate with um, the the Mummy. I guess Dracula Untold was supposed to be the first one, but they're like, no, 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 no yeah. that wasn't good. That wasn't good. The Tom Cruise one will be good, and yeah. then it didn't do so hot, right? I, I like the idea that like Blumhouse is doing like, these modern updates. Like possibly, like there's also talk, what was it, there's uh, someone, oh shoot, the, James Wan's working on a like a type of Frankenstein sounding movie for Universal. Yeah,
0: and I know Paul Feig I think is working on something that's supposed to be like All the Monsters, I thought.
1: Something like that, yeah.
0: And which is fine, like I think this is the right way to go, don't try and marvelize it, don't try and create some sort of connected universe, just focus on making good movies first.
1: Yeah, and then bring in Abner Costello. I'd be okay with that. <laughs> hey,
0: They're corpses, of course, the, digitally I, recreated.
1: No, I was just thinking of, um, oh, shoot. Um, oh, gosh darn it. Um, the 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 pairing um, from 21 Jump Street. Uh, the actors, Jesus. Channing Tatum and... Uh, um, I know who you're talking about. The, 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 the funny guy.
0: Uh, shoot. I can't think of names tonight for some reason. Wow. That's usually your job.
1: That's my... Yeah. Um, oh, my goodness. I can uh, see his face. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, Jonah Hill, Jesus Christ! Uh, <laughs> like I want to see Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum now be putting these like monster movies where it's like like they meet the Mummy, they meet Frankenstein.
0: I think you got to create classics before you can throw the comedy oh, versions I, at it. I
1: agree, but that's the that's the that's the team up I want. Or just get Simon Pegg and Nick Frost to meet all of them. I'd be okay with that. That'd be even better for me. I mean,
0: honestly, I know that we just had a discussion about Dracula uh, at the beginning of the year. I quite liked that version. So I'm curious to see what this take's gonna do that's different. But if they were like, Yeah, we just grab that actor, <laughs> I would be yeah, okay with oh, it. Oh my goodness, yeah. He was really good in that show. Yeah.
1: So I just think this is exciting that universal and also this is fitting the Blumhouse mold of like not micro budgets, but being sensible. Like I they're 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 doing the thing that Canon wanted to do. Yeah. I like, mean,
0: they're making Movies on small budgets that are making bank, and even if they have a movie that doesn't do well, it's not breaking the bank because they didn't blow like, like it out. Like Fantasy of Island
1: did not do well yeah. for them, and it's I've heard it's not great. But but then you have um, the Invisible Man, which is making ridiculous amounts of money versus what was actually cost to produce it. Mm-hmm. I think that's you know even even that movie, The Hunt, that was delayed. Uh, for like six months it's coming out this weekend like that's I think that's a Blumhouse production and it's like they're, it's probably going to make its money you know
0: I actually really want to see The Hunt and I yeah. don't know that I'm going to have t- a chance to get out I am in lockdown for the last for like the next month trying to prepare for a convention that we're doing in April oh yeah and I don't I, know that I'm going to get out to see anything oh. uh, unless my wife makes me
1: I I will go to the theater and hold my phone up the entire time and just play it for you <laughs> if, No, there's not going to be anybody in the theater anyway it's because you know Corona, you know, but this, you know, that, that's, this sounds really, really terrible. The back of my mind today, I'm like, oh, they're banning every, like people are not going places. Maybe I can go to the theater and get some goddamn peace and quiet and watch a movie. (laughs) Make a day of it. Like, like I go in, I'm just like, just like every so often in the theater, I'm just like. Oh, my face just won't stop. Like, oh, thank goodness there's all these, all, all these empty cloth seats beside me to rub my hands on. Like, oh, you know, yeah. I, if that guaranteed me watching a movie without interruption, I would do that. So, all right. Yeah, so, yeah, excited. I just think, I think it's just worthy of noting that, that Blumhouse is starting to be like, hey, we should do this. And I think that they, get, they usually get the right people involved. And I
0: feel like... I don't know because I don't want to take credit for like I was the one who came up with this, but I feel like when the dark universe was brought up, I, I one of my points was just like, why aren't you giving this to Blumhouse? They're the ones who can do this. It's true. Um
1: It's true that you said that. I want I want to mark that, and then in November when you come back from it's <laughs> the two
2: things I want
0: to. But I I just you know it makes sense, and uh you know they scored big with Halloween, and I'm really curious to see where they they go, you know. They're they're creating original horror. They're doing it for like Hulu with their Into the Dark, which uh, shame on me. I haven't been able to watch all of them, but um, they're doing that. They're doing you know these low budget films. Um, they're now doing they're break, branching off into franchises. They can't seem to do any wrong, and I I hope it their reign lasts long. So
1: yeah, I was kind of like on the fence about them to begin with, just because it's like you. Nothing against them. It's just I don't know. Like I know they're the ones that have the. Are they the ones that do the Conjuring stuff, or is that? I believe so. Okay, it's like at first I'm like, eh. It's like because I kept seeing like all the the branching off of that, but now that they're doing other things too, like like it's them and like and people could probably you know throw stones at me for saying this just because like a lot of stuff A24 is putting out like they're producing. I'm not saying that they're actually making, but they're distributing. Makes me excited for like like Blumhouse. I feel like. They have more of the mainstream type of like finger on the pulse of what would happen. And then A twenty four is like, Yeah, do you want to get weird? Like and I'm like, I'm down with like this.
0: And I, I, I think we've brought this up before. I have trouble like keeping the conjuries and conjurings, the insidiouses, the sinisters of the world straight. So maybe I'm mixing some of those up, but I, I believe when you say they're behind the conjuring, I believe I think, so. I think
1: that's right. I don't remember. Um,
0: no. Yeah, I mean, one of the reasons I'm such a fan of him is uh, the guy named a guy named uh, Ryan Turk who um, I've been following for years. He used to do a site called uh, Shock T Drop, and then he became a producer at Blumhouse. He was the one who actually got them to to get ha- the the Halloween franchise mm-hmm. when the rights lapsed. Um, and he does a podcast called uh, Shockwaves that he's a part of, um, and all four of the hosts on that show are amazing, and. I kind of cheer every time I see something they do, you know, because I'm like, I've I've actually met that guy. He's a really nice guy. I met him in L.A. like four years ago, actually. So Where Disneyland is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I I certainly hope, uh, you know, they keep going with this. And I hope that I, I would love a modern update on all the Universal Monsters. And I hope they can keep going doing it.
1: Yeah, so, I just I would be great to see the like Creature of a Black Lagoon where it's actually just the creature. But he has like a nine to five job. It's like he works in a pet store and it's like, Why are all the fish gone? I don't know. Like just like <laughs> I,
0: I hope that uh it's that same story, but uh a, a boxer comes in who talks to him from time to time and they fall in love. <laughs> uh, the, yes. He's Adrian essentially in yes. Rocky. Uh, I,
1: yes, I want that. Yes. See Adrian. Yeah, no, sorry. Uh all right. Yeah. Enough enough silliness. Let's just uh, we're done with the news. Uh let's just get on to our conversation about fan made art. And now for our feature presentation. So yeah, I was it was a world this weekend, and you know I got a, I met people, paid money, all that good stuff. Uh, walking around all the tables because Steve had, had proposed this to me as a topic. I just it's been a little while since I've been to a show of that size, mm-hmm. and like it was. It's one of those things. It's like you you see all this different art. You see like um, you know, always do. People like the big the big thing that seems to be all the time is Prince. 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 Um, and uh, these people like they they work these shows. They the, this is what they do. Like I'm going to guess people that travel a lot of like the the Comic Cons or like the Wizard Worlds, they probably do like they probably have a circuit they travel. I don't think this is like one off shows for them. Right. Um, you know, it, it's just you you go in because you hit your fans of things and you buy these things, but you don't necessarily always think about like, Oh, well this is someone's interpretation of this. You know, like you said before we started recording, um, you're like, yeah, this is m- mostly all legal.
0: Right. And I don't want to make it sound like I'm casting aspersions on other artists. Cause I do it too. Um, the thing that I think that we need to just make uh, right up front, um, is that, for all intensive purposes, I want to say intensive purposes because that's, intensive because I know it's incorrect. I, this
1: this followed CBS Sub show intensive purposes.
0: I, I'm trying to remember what show I was watching. Somebody made fun. Oh, it was Parks and Recs. So they they made fun of, uh, um, oh Tom for saying intensive purposes. <laughs> um, so it's stuck in my head now. Intense in purposes fan art is illegal Marv, like marvin ham
1: in intensive purposes coming this fall <laughs> you're you're
0: repurposing somebody else's creation to make money um and again i'm not saying that it's wrong i'm not saying that artists don't make their living off of it I, i'm just saying that like yeah it's it's not technically legal um so yeah. with that you go to a convention it's like i don't know i did you ever like see when you were a kid see like bootleg toys in the store like the ones that you you know you wanted gi joe but mom found like army man
1: and <laughs> what was the one that you you got a sticker of uh, that someone probably made uh without consent was the sharp Hand joe sharp Hand joe yeah, yeah. <laughs> which was
0: freddy krueger essentially um so these days the convention circuit has become the wild wild west and it's not even just the convention circus like and i'm i'm honestly surprised these things aren't policed more um and we'll get into that as we talk more but like etsy um oh yeah uh ebay like it's it's everywhere um so one of the things that i wanted to talk about going into this is i wonder how much people think about the content that they're purchasing and where it came from yeah Because, look, I know a lot of people are going to immediately say, like, oh, poor DC or poor Marvel or poor Disney or poor whoever. They're not getting that money. Completely understand. That's not what this is about. It's just about thinking about where your content comes from and also, like, why is fan art so prevalent? What is it about fan art that is taken over? And um, I also want to give it from an artist's perspective – why fan art is so much easier to do and make your name on, mm-hmm. um, and that's again not a slight towards people who do fan art because I do fan art. It's just that you can get noticed by doing fan art a lot quicker than you can doing something original.
1: Yeah, because I mean, one, you got to carve out that mind share. You got to carve out that, like, here, this is this original thing, you know, and like, like you with your work on the science slasher. You're trying to make a you know, original book, original character. Um, and, you know, like, so when I know when you try to talk to people, like, when they're like, what's the book about? And you're like, well, it's an it's homage to like 80 slashers. And the way you kind of reference that is like, you're Michael Myers, you're Jason Voorhees. So you you are trying to do an attachment tangentially, mm-hmm. but, you know, you're like, this is it. So, it, and there was tables with people with their own books too. And I felt bad because they're like, hey, how's it going? I'm like, good. But I just kept on going. Yeah, I feel bad, but it's like hey, I'm not in for this today, you know. But like, I, I get that. Like, so I I think that usually when it comes to like these bigger prints, that you know you don't normally go like, even though you're starting to see a little bit more now. Meaning like um like if you go to a local comic shop, you'll see posters and stuff, but you don't normally see like these like like crazy art style prints, mm-hmm. right? Because they are for a specific market. Um, I know. There's a, a, a chain store here in Ohio called the Record Exchange, or just the Exchange. Sorry, I dated myself. You know, the A Track Exchange, where. Now it's just called the DVD Exchange. You, you now it's just called, oh, you don't want this anymore? Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> um, I'm sorry, sir. We have all the GameCube games we need. Oh, all right. Uh, so. Uh, what, what am I supposed to do with these HD DVDs? Do you remember that was the other one that was the yeah. competitor for Blu-ray? It's like, what am I gonna do with my seven copies of Kong?
0: Uh, yeah. So what am I gonna do with these Star Wars Episode One figures? Yeah, Jar Jar yeah. was supposed to be a hit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so they actually have these little stacks of like prints that they sell now, which I mm-hmm. got you one. Yeah. Of the Batman and Harley Quinn Mad Love, like it was of the comic, and it was a pretty big size, and that's cool. Like, so they're doing. So some of this is starting to show up again. Like, then, yeah. again, but it's starting to show up. I just think that in terms of like mass appeal, you go to these shows you want to find something a little different right So like yeah. um, like over your shoulder, I have a number of pieces that are fan art because they are fan art because these are not officially licensed pieces but I liked them you know so
0: i like how i'm looking like i've never seen the beer well, back no all. but
1: it's just like i have like there's there's a local artist here in cleveland that does i i love his his horror movie posters cuz he does a lot of work for like the he does for the 12 hours of terror here at cleveland cinemas like i have his predator and his thing and his uh alien poster and i i love all of them i think they're awesome is it Chad, yeah, yeah, he goes. It goes by Chad, C H O D. You guys can find him on Facebook. He does great work. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I paid for his work, mm-hmm. but I I know he doesn't have the licensing rights right. for that work, you know. So, but would I ever go to Fox now Disney and be like, hey, I want a really cool Predator poster where you have a spine being ripped out? Like, I don't know if Disney's going to be the one to make that a poster. It's available, you sure. know. So, I, I guess I see the whole thing of like. um, you find like there was one guy who was doing, there was a table that was, I think he might have had like some work with Disney, but he drew his whole table was stitch from Lilo and stitch or yeah, Lilo and Lilo and stitch. Um, and it was Stitch's different characters. Like the whole table was Stitch's different things. And that was Mm -hmm. his whole booth. There's somebody out there. I almost love that. Yeah. So there's obviously
0: he's making money at it. Yeah. Like there's gotta be a call for it.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: I will say, when it comes to doing the fan art, the three pieces that I've sold the most prints of, um, easily, uh, a couple years back, I did a Guardians of the Galaxy Groot, um, and it was a mashup. It was with, a baby Groot. It was baby Groot, correct? Uh, and it was a mashup uh, with the uh, film. Um, say anything. Say anything. Yeah. I, for some reason, I couldn't think of it um and instead of Groot was doing the pose of um the main character John Cusack was playing holding the and I'm putting my arms up right now he was holding like a boombox above you said in the film playing box.
1: um Peter Gabriel
0: yeah and I had him holding up uh Star Lords Walkman cassette yeah, yeah
1: cassette player and, and I saw that the moment I saw it, I was like that was awesome and you sold, yeah, yeah that
0: that one sold like gangbusters um the other two that I think sold the most, I did a print of Halloween that was doing it like it was a serialized cartoon or comic strip. Um, that one sold well. And then I did one that was uh, Mystery Science Theater based uh, off of one of my favorite episodes, Manos and the Hands of Fate. Um, those things sold better than my comic, those things sold better than um, some of my original artwork. Those things get people in the door. So, And that's how a lot of people use them. Um, And when it comes to me at a table, I offer sketch cards that are of various sorts of characters. I offer um, prints. I've actually stopped doing prints of things that aren't owned by me just because... Um, I'm trying to direct people to the thing that I want to be known for. Um, so that was a conscious decision, not a moral one or like, a I don't want to make he's money. He's made all
1: his money off the yeah. prints. Like, you guys don't even know. He's self, he's independently wealthy now. But, I mean, he's... I
0: even got it like uh, a few months, well, a year ago now. Um, I got into, it wasn't even an online fight. It was just somebody had accused me of stealing something. Uh, I made a sticker. Um, using the old Kenner logo and turned it into the word killer. Mm-hmm. And some other guy had already done that that I didn't know about. And uh, I had people attacking me and telling me that I was stealing. And I was like, you know what? I immediately took it down from my Etsy store. And I'm, I'm still sitting on pins and stickers of the damn thing because I don't have, you know, I, I did not want to be known as the guy who steals.
1: But it's just funny because the, you... <laughs>
0: Two people had the same idea, yet suddenly I was. Yeah, the but asshole. did he did he have
1: <laughs> did he have the authority from Kenner to use their font in no, the way that's I, reminiscent because it's calling back to? I'm sure he did not. Yeah, and it's a, like it's so. So I'm not saying that you purposely was like, haha, I like that. I'm gonna do my own. It's just right. like who's who's taken from who, you right. know? Like, so
0: it can be a tricky thing. But when it comes to fan art, you're also running into people stealing other people's art. And yeah. selling it as their own, you're running into um, artists or um, places on like Amazon now that are selling um, things like coloring books. I was looking at horror coloring books, and somebody had made a couple of coloring books that were all of like Freddy, Jason from The Exorcist, Reagan, um, all these characters. And I'm like, there's no way this guy has licenses to all these characters, but it's on Amazon, so there's it's not being policed in
1: that way. Yeah, I think – so it used to be more policed because there wasn't as much of it, right? And when it was out there, I think these people that had the licenses could see it and kind of stop it where it is, right? Like I could tell you – this is a horrible thing to admit to. like, Like not horrible, dumb thing to admit to. When I was younger, I went to a county fair. And I bought a t-shirt. I probably talked about this show already. It was a was mashup. It, was it Bartman? It wasn't Bartman. It was a mashup of Bart Simpson and the Ninja Turtles. So it was like Teenage Mutant Ninja Simpsons, blah, 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 blah. And it was Bart with like the shell and the mask and the nunchucks, because I was an idiot as a kid. And it was the two things I loved, you know? Mm. But you could. That, it was definitely not like it wasn't even quality. Like like it was close enough because you know the Simpsons are they're they're hard to master, but you could get the point across pretty easily. You know, mm-hmm. so I bought that. I don't know, like you know, this was out of like a truck out of the county fair. Sure. You know, yeah. like so this stuff has happened before. You know, it yeah. isn't like it's it's never been around. But I think the big thing that keeps a lot of these people without the hammer dropping on them one is if they don't make it so big that suddenly people are like pointing to them being the point of distribution. And also if they besmirch the IP, Mm -hmm. like if they do something like truly offensive or like terrible, then I think these owners will come in and be like, you can't do that. Cause if they went through and tried to squash everybody doing everything, I think that's going to be like a black eye to them. It's Mm -hmm. like, Oh no, you can't, you know, do that.
0: And I mean, you know, the benefits of doing fan art are multiple. The first one is, is that you love something and you want to show your love of it. I don't know. You know, I've done Star Wars prints. They don't sell as well. And I finally realized that, like, I think part of it is, is that I'm not a licensed Star Wars artist. And I think that in some ways that did hurt me at certain mm-hmm. times where I'm like, why don't why don't people like this? I understand, like, if, if I have a choice between me and, say, like, a... Um, I'm trying to think of it, like Brian Miller, who you've had on the show. Yeah, um, he's done license prints for Star Wars, and they're amazing. And I have two of them. Um, one of those things where I was like, "Oh, you know, this isn't." There's so much of it out there, and I'm not. I'm not even a name. I see why this isn't selling, but it's cathartic for me. Like I'm actually considering like Free Comic Book Day is coming up in two months. It's the 40th anniversary of Empire, the Empire Strikes Back Star Wars 5, you may have heard of. I, vaguely, yes. You know, I've considered, like, maybe it would be fun to just do a piece to give away at free comic book day. Like, do 50 of them and just be like, first 50 people get a free Empire Strikes Back print. But that's also time and money, but it gets people's attention. Well,
1: is there somebody else's work out there you can just print and call your own? <laughs> I, I could
0: I could look into that.
1: Just like get like a Drew Struzan and just be like just like scratch his name <laughs> out and be like, That's,
0: "Hey guys, it's mine." Look, look. S-L-K. it's yeah. signed at look the look
1: bottom. At that. Look at that. Uh, Han Solo <laughs> has a mustache now. I did that.
0: <laughs> but another benefit of Jabba the Hutt has
1: like William Shatner hair now. Like, like, <laughs> it's like guys didn't see that on the print, did you? you know. Like- <laughs> but the benefit
0: of that too is is that if you are able to find a niche in in grab onto a passion that people uh, things that people are interested in it can also get you notice and that's a benefit um you know uh, a lot of artists will do fan art and then you know marvel may notice them or uh you know a company that does prints or uh, not prints i'm sorry does like um, trading cards or um, does like a Mondo, they do prints, d- yeah. does license artwork. So the benefits are all there. Like you can get noticed with your fan art if you're good enough.
1: And well, there was a video that you sent me that was from a San Diego Comic Con where this guy who was a lawyer, a professor, and actually was like an intellectual property like um like watchdog for universal pictures. And and then at the time of giving a speech, he worked for DeviantArt. Yeah. Uh, and he talked about how like there's like this unspoken rule, even though you are taking other people's work there's an unspoken rule of like if you're building a portfolio that's fine to show yeah. what you're capable of doing mm-hmm. it's just the line starts getting crossed whenever you actually like you know print it out and sell it you know like right. and they he talked a lot about fair use and everything so and this ties into this show if you guys notice I don't charge money for invasion because well one who would buy it <laughs> like, like, <laughs> You know. to, uh, I use, there's, there's a lot of licensed elements in here that I don't own. And for me to try to charge money for those elements that I don't have permission for, like, I don't, I really don't think the person that owns the UFO attack music, it's a band called, I can't even remember right now, but the song's called UFO attack. That's at the beginning of this, the, the episode. Um, I don't think that I, I, if they came asking for their money, I'd be like, Oh, I, I don't know. Like it would be bad. I don't charge money for it. Sure. Um, but
0: well, yeah. I mean, I know that we've paid hefty sums to the Italian government for that uh, hands of steel clip <laughs> that we've been using.
1: Yeah, here's an- here's another thousand dollars. Here, it wasn't especially
2: large, but it felt hard, extremely hard.
1: Yeah, so there you go. That's another. <laughs> if you guys want to support me now? I've now spent our money. You know, no, I, it's just so I understand. There's a certain amount of like you know, I, I don't charge for this. I think, and this is a whole other conversation. I think like the Patreon model, like is a, is a wall between that, meaning like you can support the creators and their efforts, but you're not paying for the product mm. in a lot of ways. I say, so I think that's a way to get around it. Uh, it, like legally, I'm not saying, haha, you're going to cheat the system. But like, I know that, like, I know, um, when, um, Kevin Smith wanted to take a smodcast and actually like put it out like for like, purchase or whatever like subscription or whatever i guess he had to go back a lot of the earlier episodes and just cut a lot of content out because there was licensed music that he didn't have the rights to okay and had to edit it like the hell out of it just to get those episodes available so i i get that um so building a portfolio i get um like in your case i i think it's it's amicable if you're trying to promote your horror comic book to be like hey guys i have horror prints of things that i'm passionate about and if you love michael myers and halloween boy do i have something for you right uh, where i have frustrations are um i was at uh, was it that um three rivers Connor steel of city con whatever one one of them pittsburgh this was like uh, the I don't know a little while ago, like seeing friend of the show Jeff Ritchie, who is another person that does amazing art that gets noticed by people, and he's a great guy. So there you go, Jeff. There's your plug. We love you. Uh, when I was there to visit him, there was a person that had these printed canvases that were I don't know like a foot and foot or two wide, and like it just they were an odd shape, but each one of them had licensed artwork printed off on them. It was mm-hmm. like a just it's like 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 a wide panorama of Halo or Overwatch. It's like they're not even doing. The artwork, they're just printing out these panoramas and putting them on these vinyls. Vinyl, like, you know, canvases or not vinyl, but, like, they're stretching them and selling them. That kind of pissed me off. It's like you're not even making the – you're not even taking the things that people are passionate about and giving it your own spin and selling your efforts. Yeah, That I don't like.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of, um, you know – um, one of the things that I see a lot of artists do is, uh, and it's it's not a bad idea, it's something that, like, you know, maybe I should incorporate into my um, wheelhouse, especially if there's a, a person of note that'll be at a convention, um, because those photos do get noticed, um, is when they, you know, are at a show and say there's a guest there, that they've got a piece of artwork, like, they'll get their photo with that person. <laughs> and that person's holding up their artwork and then if that other person retweets it or even even if they go beyond that and it's just like somebody notices something that you did mm-hmm. it it automatically goes out to their followers so it helps build your audience it helps build a brand yeah and um, there's
1: also that implied permission thing then too mm-hmm. that that gives you a little bit more grounding if you actually want to distribute like, like i know there's If a,
0: I met James Gunn I sure as hell would take that baby group piece absolutely oh yeah, for sure yeah you know what i mean like yeah. So, I absolutely get that. I think the other thing that you have to factor in is the economics of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know if you people know this about conventions for those of you who attend but don't actually exhibit. um, the people that are have those tables there that are selling fan art, they're paying for those tables. yeah. Okay, and in the case of Wizard World, it's 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 probably three hundred dollars. I think I didn't look at this year's. I've looked in past years. I decided not to do it just because it was a hefty investment. But three hundred dollars, I think, was a year or two ago, and I'm assuming it's probably the same amount.
1: Maybe for for your table,
0: yeah. Um, And that's a Friday, Saturday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday show. With that, if you're traveling, you also have to invest your. Uh, hotel time or wherever mm-hmm. you're sleeping. Uh, if you're traveling far, you've got gas co- cost to cover. Plus, you have your um, food and you know, if you decide to go to like the after parties or whatever and have drinks yeah. and whatever. No, granted, that shouldn't really factor into your overhead, but you know, on a high end, you might spend. I I've spent upwards seven hundred dollars to do a convention. I can tell you right now. I did not come out even close to breaking even.
1: Because you made triple your money. That's why. I know.
0: <laughs> no, because when it comes to it, is is that like the nice thing about prints is, is, and I, I even when I sell prints, I try to sell them as cheap as I possibly can, just because I, I don't like, I, I don't know why, but I think of myself when I'm on the other side of the table, so I try to keep my prices as low as I possibly can, even if it's costing me, which is a really dumb, dumb price model. Um but I will say that you know some people will sell their prints for twenty bucks, maybe they'll do two for thirty-five. Yeah. Uh the cost of their printing those, you know, prints is probably two dollars, three dollars at the most.
1: <laughs> Look um, at this. It's like it's like Steve's like the exposing the secrets of magicians. It's right. like, yeah, well, it's like it, the rabbit was never alive. Like, it, oh okay.
0: it's how artists can make their money back, and yeah. I can't begrudge anybody for that because the Saturday Night Slasher, issue one printing one copy um, through the company that I printed through cost me $2.85. And then if I factor in the shipping cost for the entire shipment, it worked out to an additional $0.85 a book. Uh, I think that came out to like 3 45 or something like that. When I sell the book at conventions, I sell it for $4. I'm not making a profit on it. The idea is, is that hopefully people are buying it, and I also give away a free pin with every copy people yeah. buy, in the hopes that it'll keep them interested. So a part of that is promotion, part of that is trying to get ahead. But like if I'm somebody who goes to a show and I've got a hundred prints, different prints, I'm saying, and then, you know, maybe I spent three hundred dollars getting those printed, you know, but if I sell a hundred of them at a twenty dollars a pop, I'm making a crap load of money. Yeah. So it's economically smarter as well to do the fan art. So I think that's another benefit for artists. I think that's another reason because it's a cheaper th- way to make make the money back that you're spending on that convention. Um, I, I, I at tax time, my wife will ask me to gather up my receipts from the year, and we'll, we'll figure it all out and mm. whatnot. And then I'm sometimes astonished at the amount of money that I spent <laughs> to make this thing that's not making money. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like I, I don't know. Like at some point, the government's going to be like, "You could stop now," because <laughs> Um, you're spending way more money to make this uh, thing than you're you're actually making off.
1: Yeah, of I mean, you know, you've spent more in your endeavor, but yes, like I mean, uh, there's costs baked in with this too, you know. And I get it, you know, it's just- which
0: uh, hand cards on the table, folks. Paul handles all of that. I actually don't contribute financially. Yeah, Steve does
1: not understand like this this actual show to produces $10,000 a month. He doesn't know um that's, you know, I am actually I owe money to a lot of people around town right now. <laughs>
0: Please, they're going to take that, my thumbs. That,
1: that 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 like from the guy from McMillions that wasn't that wasn't a like that was just that was like letting noise out there that like you know. <laughs> Yeah, I'm about to I'm about to pass go. I need to pay somebody two hundred bucks. No, no, there is costs associated. Like there's equipment, there's hosting, there's internet. Like it's just, you know, if I did the math per episode, it's you know what it is what it is, right? Yeah. But I, I, I guess like with the fan art, it's like I I do love it. Like I every time I go to a convention, I end up like we're not going to buy a print, and we buy a print. Like mm-hmm. um, I didn't even tell you like Mary and I we there was a convent there was um at at was a world there was a panel of uh, four or five guys that worked in animation—they still do—and their names are escaping me right now. I feel bad, but a lot of them worked in the '90s, and a couple of them worked like one of them worked on Animaniacs as like a character designer and everything. And one of his prints he had for sale was Chicken uh, Boo. Did you uh, ask it, him if he had Chicken I Boo? Did, I didn't ask about Chicken Boo. No. Um. Yeah, but one of them was the famous thing from Animaniacs, where it's the it's the three of them. What was it? Uh, Wacko, Jacko, and Dot, where they do the the song about the countries where oh, uh, yeah. yeah and so like he did a he did a print of that and so it's like yeah you like he it was his own original artwork but he did a print yeah. it's like he helped create this he worked on animaniacs i will give you ten dollars for this like that because you're paying for the person responsible or mm-hmm. one of the people responsible right so that that makes more sense to me and it's like you know if they're out here hustling too like you know cool like i i I'm fine with that, so we bought that print. Uh, I didn't buy any other prints this time around. I mean, I got those two uh, photos from or whatever the the eight by tens from the Overwatch actors, but like I just after a while, you're like, how many of these do I need? You know, but there's a lot of cool stuff out there. It's just it it's almost you almost kind of go snowblind walking around looking at all the stuff because it's after a while, it all kind of almost looks the same, and it's like how you know. So, but you know, I don't know. It's just it's weird to me because every people want you to buy all their things, and it's like and they don't own any of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just a weird. You know, at when yeah. you're looking at it, but you're like, but they made that thing look cool in a way I like. You know. Yeah,
0: yeah. And again, there's there's no judgment here. I don't you know I don't want to make it sound like I'm breaking bones against anybody who's, uh, you know, doing fan art because I do it myself. Um, but I I do sometimes wonder. I I guess in some ways, I wish it would be great if we could support artists more who, you know, I don't want to say don't have to do fan art because a lot of people that would just doing fan art the rest of their life would be something that they're happy about. But um, so I don't mean to take that away from them either. But um, I sometimes wonder, like, uh, you know, when I go to a convention, I try and find artists to support. Sometimes, yes, that is buying fan art or a sticker or a pin or, you know, something that maybe they don't own. But I try and find books that I think are interesting and, and you know, um, like I have a I have a Ron Swanson print that I love. And it's Ron Swanson as a, as a Lego guy, <laughs> as a minifig, and it's amazing. Um, so, like, stuff like that, you know, I, I don't remember who that artist is, but... Um, I just wish that in some ways, again, as an artist, and this isn't like, oh, boo-hoo, cry your eyes out, um, find ways to support artists and you know, maybe if we showed more love at, at, at times for their original creations, maybe we wouldn't be buying so much of the fan art. But again, that's, that's philosophical because I am I do the same thing. So philosophical isn't the correct word I was going to say. Well, maybe uh,
1: like, you know... Um it, but the, it also gets a little weird too because like there's people that have other they have different mixed mediums like there's people that sell uh, coasters like I see warm yeah. not coasters uh, yeah coasters I see a lot more of that stuff right uh, I'm seeing there was a, someone had a stained glass booth where they made like various things and there was one of um uh, there was one of strong bad's face that made me really happy but it was like forty five dollars I'm like I'm not that happy so I didn't I didn't buy it but it was awesome that there's just there's a stained glass strong bad that spoke to me and I'm like that's amazing. <laughs> I can't buy that right now, right. but it's like he go up to them and be like, "I love your stained glass work. What are your originals?" Like, he right. can't be like, "Can you please show me your original stained glass work of characters that you love?" Like, it just be a weird.
0: Yeah, and and like, I realize that I'm looking at it from a guy making a comic book, so yeah. like, because it, right. it's Can it's crafters, switch- it's it's people making, like you said, glass work. It's people making um, all types of different things. And show
1: me your public domain section, please. Like just like. You know.
0: <laughs> You know, so I I totally get that. I guess from my point of view, sometimes I, I just think like, oh, it would be interesting to see what that artist would be doing if they weren't doing fan art. And again, I don't mean to make that sound like I'm on some sort of high horse because I try and make my own comic. It's just, you know, there are a lot of talented people out there who might only get noticed because they did a Deadpool print. Yeah. And it's like, ah, you know... I'm staring right now at Mark Bagley's, you know, three Spider-Man's print that you did, and well, it's that I Amazing! Bought.
1: I didn't, I didn't, I didn't draw it. Yeah, I was, I'm sorry yeah, that, that you bought.
0: Crazy. Um, and it's like, you know, I don't think that Mark Bagley's ever had a creative, like a, a, um, a creative, a independent creative book. Like, I don't know that he's ever gone out on a limb, and maybe he doesn't want to, but I'm like, ah, you know, I wonder what, what has he got in his his holster like what is running around in Mark Bagley's head cuz you know he can do it yeah um and that's an industry issue thing and I'm going off topic uh but I just I don't know I
1: it's, it's a double-edged not going to stop. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's not so,
0: going to stop. It's not going to go away. And there's nothing wrong with it, uh, at least, you know.
1: I, I just feel like it's real easy for it to slide in the wrong direction of, like, that's all it is. Yeah. And... and, and I also yeah.
0: don't want friends who are artists who do that to, to think I'm being some sort of, like, on a high horse because I do it, too. I'm not. I don't want to make it sound that way. Um, I just sometimes, looking out at the sea of things at a convention you know um.
1: yeah i guess the thing that pisses me off is is, is like i mentioned the person that printed out this canvases if you're going to just give me a thing that i already know just repackaged already with that licensed artwork i don't like that that's like you're just taking a thing that already exists I, well i guess that's also there's there's people that, that I, I i have seen have made like you know like, accessories and things, like wallets and purses, at least you're creating a thing as opposed to, hey, did you want a coaster set where we have well, lacquered images from Texas Chainsaw Massacre? It's like, that, I think that's kind of bullshit, you yeah. know, where it's just like, you're literally just taking two things, putting it together and selling it. Like, you're, like, that's, you know, you don't, you don't own that, you know, right. that that's, I have a problem with that, you know, but. If it's like at least if you're gonna do like if you're gonna do artwork, at least that's your effort put into it. So I can at least you know see you as an artist. I think there's a difference there. Yeah, uh, you know it's 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 small, but there's a difference.
0: Right, and I, you know I'm considering maybe doing Scarefest again, which is in Lexington. I did that show two years ago, and it was a really great show for me. Didn't make my money back, but it got a lot of people interested in the character and the book. And um, there were a lot of big names there. Um, unfortunately, I had to do that show alone, so I couldn't leave my table the entire weekend, except for to like go to the bathroom. Um, but I did meet Kane Hodder at that show, um, and I'm wondering, like, what if I would had like a great Jason print, and I was like, "Hey, here's a photo of me with Kane Hodder, and it's a Jason print, and he's you know in the photo going gaga for it." it would probably get a hundred likes on Instagram easily. Whereas, you know, I put up a like, hey, there's a new page of artwork available <laughs> for free <laughs> yeah. on the site Slash, and I get like four likes. So it's
1: So what you're saying is you need to actually write Kane Hodder into your story. <laughs>
2: yes. <laughs> like here's a new panel
1: with Kane Hodder. Like it's it's just it's just a character I call Kane Hodder. It's not the like he's four inches shorter it's not the same guy no. right um now and i and i realize i'm saying this is kind of hypocrite like i'm wearing a shirt that says uh uh was it amney island welcomes you and it has like a little shark fin mm-hmm. i know the paramount i think it's paramount that owns like jaws universal Univ- universal Duh. universal studios right i got this from like six dollar shirts.com i'm gonna bet that they don't own any rights right uh, i would also argue that this is this isn't directly taking like jaws imagery right so i mean again This is that gray area, but I'm just as guilty too of owning things, you know. Like, so I get it. Like, I I I can't look down on other people, right? It's just it it's weird. I
0: will say, and this is my only bone of contention, really, with other artists is when you can see that there's no love in the fan art. I think Mm -hmm. that's a problem. When I'm like, I see what you created. That it was because it, it was solely because you're like, this might make some money or it might be something that'll get me attention for instance and this is years ago this was during the charlie sheen thing
1: oh the tiger blood
0: yeah somebody had done like a print that was like charlie sheen and i think he said winning or whatever and yeah and i'm like i know it's not because you think charlie sheen is some amazing guy (laughs) like and i know that you're not even like working at doing some sort of amazing parody of it it's just People know this, and maybe as they're passing by, and he got a lot of comments. of I don't think I saw him sell any, but like it, he, you could tell that he was like, "I'm gonna put this thing together, and you know, it's gonna sell gangbusters." Yeah. You know? Um. I remember one year at a show in Columbus, um, there was a guy who did a Stormtrooper piece, and he was selling, he was raking these prints in, um, and I just remember just sitting there going like. Please look at my comic, people. Please look at my comic. <laughs> but it was a stormtrooper uh, who was painted up like an Ohio State football oh, player. Jesus. And, of course, it's in Columbus. So, yeah. right crowd. You know, and that guy, I don't know how many prints he sold that weekend. And again, I don't begrudge him that because we're all trying to make money. But I'm just like, I I, I, I wish there was a little <laughs> bit more soul in what you're doing. <laughs> I
1: don't under, I don't understand that kind of mashup. Like there there's a there is a table that is at every convention that uh, they're there. They do like the Ohio mat. Like there's one. It's like this the, the shape of Ohio with Boba Fett. Like, Mm -hmm. it's his helmet. Uh, There's one that is, it's a mashup of the Cleveland Indian and a Stormtrooper helmet. Uh, And it's, like, there's also one for the cabs. And it's, like, I get it to a degree because it's, like, it's two things you love. I don't understand why those have, like, I don't understand why those exist that way. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't get, like, that mashup just confuses me. And it's, like, I would not own that. I don't know. But some people are, like, I live in Ohio and I like Stormtroopers. Go (laughs) Buckeyes. Does that imply that, like, the Ohio State University is the death star? Maybe. And people are like, I like being the bad guy.
0: It'll be blown up several times. Yeah. Uh, I think the other thing, too, and this is, again, just another, like, artist rant. um, You can also tell when people take a photo and uh, they just go ahead and take out all the details. So it's just the contour line of the character. And, like, maybe they're wearing glasses. So it's, like, flat color. Glasses,
1: I have. I have one. It's that's like, it's,
0: designed though. That's somebody who like because Colossus is not a real person.
1: That's fair. <laughs> like yeah, be I, like here's a like, Ghostbusters poster. I, I liked. I have. I have a print that it's definitely Colossus, but you don't see his face. But it's his. It's his body shape. and It has some defi- definitive characteristics. That's definitely Colossus, but it looks like a Russian propaganda poster. That I, I I liked it, you know, yeah. but you, I'm seeing a lot of that similar art style where it's, right. like, just implied silhouettes, and that's just pissing me off because it's, like, it's a thing now. Yeah, because, yeah.
0: yeah. unfortunately, it's just one of those easy things that if you know, if you've used Photoshop for 10 minutes, you know how to do it. And I'm not accusing those artists of doing that. I kind of yes. am. yeah. But it's just one of those things where I'm like, man, daddy he- – If you're going to create fan art, do it for something that you love. And I think that was actually one of the things that I did learn when I was like, "Um, these Star Wars prints nobody seems really interested in. But I love Mystery Science Theater 3000, and I did this thing, and it's one of the more popular items that I have. Um, You know, Groot and um, (laughs) – the the Groot piece came mainly out of my wife's love – for Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. My wife before we met, I think had only ever read one comic book in her life, and it was V for Vendetta, only because she read it in college. Okay. Um so with her, it's always trying to not get her on board because she's always interested in seeing the Marvel movies. But like Guardians was special to her. And it was the year that Guardians 2 was coming out. And I was like, oh, I have this idea. And I knew that like doing it was inspired by her. And, like, if she dug it, mm. I knew people. other people were going to dig
1: well, it. Well, that – and, like, so your mashup – But it wasn't like I was like, this is going to make me hundreds of thousands of yeah. dollars. but your mashup, though, is you're playing off the notion of a baby group one, you know, like, that's – but with the size discrepancy of him holding the tape player, being in a direct reference to Say Anything, which is an 80s movie in which right. a cassette tape's being played. Like, there's a through line for why that mashup is, yeah. and, it, and it's connecting two things, especially with – that song and, and say anything and also like the soundtrack and guardians being like the backbone it's like that's a mashup when i saw that i'm like oh that, that light bulbs like that's amazing and you liked it and it came out of your you know your your wife's appreciation that makes sense to me so i'm not like you know when i saw that i'm like god damn it's amazing like i wanted one too i don't know why i didn't get one maybe i didn't support my local artist i don't know uh, i have i will bring you one <laughs>
0: I have some sitting at the house. I will bring you okay. one for
1: free, um, and I want all the Kenner pins and stickers.
0: <laughs> you can have those. Uh, you can I'm de- going to
1: sell them myself. No, you
0: know, uh, uh, I do sell Invasion you know, of the Podcast stickers that Paul gave me for free. Yeah, yeah. They're like, thirty
1: dollars at my booth. Yeah, They talk about like what do they call it—the fallacy of sunk costs. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and if you guys want magnets, I have seven pounds of them too. I can give you. Uh, so, yeah, I just th- I don't think we'd ever come out with this with like a definitive answer about. The, the murky waters that is fan art, I think until it's, it's also amazing to me with as much as like Disney owns now, mm-hmm. you would think they'd be like if this was going to be the way they were going to go through and say, nope, if you're going to do this, we're going to sell you a medallion that lets you sell like fan art like here. But like only certain, you know, they could easily sweep through and start dropping the hammer and they don't.
0: Yeah, 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 I think that's that's the other thing is is that for the most part, like I said, when I say it's the Wild West, they're not really cracking down. Although I think it was in the Deviant Art video that I sent you, the one guy said that you know there are specific companies that have people who just randomly will go and find those things, you know, mm-hmm. and then try and crack down on them. Um, and there was an artist who was in that video. Um, Paul wasn't able to because they tried to disguise him and it was terrible. You couldn't understand what he was saying. So it was hard to get across what he was trying to say. He was
1: trying to use a voice modulator, like almost like something from like Scream or something. It just didn't work. Yeah. And it didn't work.
0: But they asked him, you know, he'd gotten hired by doing a Simpsons mashup with something or other. And Matt Groening noticed it. Mm -hmm. Matt Groening got him a job and like. So those those are definitely the advantages of fan art is doing those things that you love, getting it out there, and then somebody who you know has the power to hire you does, um, that's that's huge. But he he'd been asked if he'd ever had a cease and desist or been threatened with a lawsuit. And he said he did, but it was for something that he'd sold almost a hundred thousand copies of. Mm-hmm. Which to me, my brain exploded because I'm like, "Oh my god, I would kill to, I would kill a sell ten thousand. Co- I would kill to, well, not kill. I would maim for a thousand copies. I would sell. I would kill for ten thousand copies of Silent Slash <laughs> to be out there and people enjoying and buying." So, um, uh, but it's just one of those things where life becomes
1: art, or art becomes life. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Buy this comic or I will murder you. Um, I just, I think that at some point, Disney, just because they own everything, will become a little bit more strident than that. I don't know when that's going to happen. I feel like online is the easier thing to police, and it's not being policed. So I, I
1: just feel like, it, for as easy it is for people like to to create and, and produce and upload. I just I think you'd just be chasing chasing shadows all over the place mm. it's just I think you you save your powers for like the real bad stuff like sure. like inappropriate or racist or you know which is the like, racist is inappropriate I'm not saying like that's like you know that's inappropriate it's not racist we'll allow it like no that's not <laughs> what I'm saying but like you know when you get to those things like I'm sure that's where they sweep in and be yeah. like nope you can't do that um, but yeah, like I, like I said, I didn't think we we're going to come out like, like with a definitive thing here. It's just, I think it's a worthy, and interesting conversation. Um, I, I, up was saying this two, was it two years ago or three years ago and as it was a the world, there was one person that head a table and I think I took a picture and I, if I did, I don't know where I put it, but this person was selling original paintings and they were some of the worst painting like like original paintings as in their own paintings of known characters yes did i show, did I show you the picture of this
0: i was with you at that show that's right yeah. that's right
1: you were with me that black panther was one of the worst things i've ever seen committed to canvas. it campus. would have
0: almost been worth it for me to pay the money to buy it and then give it to you on your birthday <laughs>
1: It's like you just fell back because it's like you talk like this guy's sank money into this. it's like did it, did everybody ever come over and be like, oh did like did when did you paint this like did, uh, did you all oh, you've been painting for a while? Oh,
0: yeah, and I mean, that's certainly the uh, the learning experience of being an artist, um because you know, I remember walking our conventions being like, man, I hope I, I can't wait till I can have a table someday. You can literally if you've got the money, you can have a table anytime you want. You don't have to have the talent to back it up. um cool. and you know. But someone might even say that I don't have the table to back it up. That's fair. That's fine. But at the same time, like, it's such an investment to have a table at a convention. Sometimes you really gotta have good quality stuff in order to make a profit. Which. Again, most of the time I don't.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah,
1: uh, so now we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna wrap up this conversation about fan art, and then Steve's gonna plug where you can support him and his uh, his non fan art. So I think that's the best way to do this. Be like, fan art's terrible. You should buy this Slasher. Well,
0: that's the one thing that I would say is, is buy that his comic. If you have no, if you're <laughs> at a if you're at a, a convention and you see somebody who did something cool and they're you know <laughs> they got a four dollar comic book. And you're buying a twenty dollar print, you know. Chances are they'll probably be like, "I'll throw the damn comic in if you just read it." But like, you know, if they have something original, that they're trying to also do, support it. Yeah, support support artists. Support your friends. Uh, that's a that's a big one. Like, if you have a friend who's an artist, <laughs> just spreading the word about them can help so much um it's
1: yeah i mean like this this is a this is like a weird caveat if you like what they're doing and you honestly like this person has like legitimate talent talk to others you know yeah. like i'm not saying like you know hey steve that's a pretty good hand turkey eater i'm gonna put up in my fridge you know like no i'm talking like you know um like i'll be honest like whatever uh, whatever joe is like i know this guy does a comic i'm like sure whatever and i was like looking online before i met you i'm like it's like this guy's, like, legit. I'm like, I can't talk to this guy. And I, then then I met you. I'm like, he's not legit. I could talk to him. All. No, <laughs> no. No, but it's like you could just, you, at, at glancing, you're like, well, shit, he's actually producing a webcomic. This isn't just, like, you know, slapping shit against a wall and hoping for the best. Like, yeah. you're really putting it out there, you know? Yeah. And it's like, that's, and, uh, you know, yes. Like There is a certain percentage of it, though, that's just, like, hoping it sticks. Well, fair enough. But, like, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, you just, you, like... You you see things you're like this is legit like like yeah. uh like you know like our, our friend our friend Jeff Richie uh, like he's legit like just you everything he he would be the first person to downplay he's an amazing artist and I'm oh, not yeah. just saying that because he's a friend he's an amazing artist you know no like, I,
0: I mean again I I didn't want to call him out just because of the fact that like. Um, you know, we both know him and our friends, but like he does amazing fan art. So yeah,
1: like I think we've talked about that before, where like he, you know, he's doing more of it now because you know he does like doing it, and you're right. But he
0: did conceptual shows too. He did this whole Bowie thing a year ago that was amazing. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I mean, maybe maybe fan art could be closer to being. You know, done out of, uh, I don't want to say a cover band because cover bands are usually shitty, but I mean, like, a. That show was done out of love. That was somebody who was like, I love David Bowie and I'm going to show you what his work means to me in these paintings and in this music. Yeah. And like, he had this whole conceptual thing. Like, that's another level. That is not some guy photoshopping something and selling it at a convention. Yeah. So.
1: No. So. Yes. Uh, Jeff, anyway. we think you're amazing. I yeah, think you're amazing. Yeah. We, so. we love you. Come back soon. I, we, we miss you. <laughs> <laughs> Call us, Call us, you know. You never return my calls? No, no, I'm joking. Uh, So, yeah, that's going to do it for our conversation about fan art. I'm sure we'll get back to that. Uh, Next week's topic kind of ties into a little bit. We'll get there when when we get to the end of the show. Uh, You guys can find us on Facebook. It's Invasion of the Podcast. You can find us on our blog. Uh, It's a little dusty right now. I'm considering, uh, we'll see, I I bought a four-DVD set last year to review – what was it? The Treasure of the Three Three Crowns, which is a canon produced film. Mm -hmm. Sorry, distributed film. There's three other movies out there that sound ridiculous. I might just watch one of them to talk about it. Like one's like Shake Hands with the Devil or something. It's like, not Shake Hands with the Devil, something like that. It's like, it sounds great. You know, or, you know, like, I kind of just think, like, this is a weird movie. Let's see what happens. I might watch that and just write about it. I
0: don't know. If Shake Hands of the Devil is not the title, I'm stealing it for something there in the future. There you go,
1: yeah. Uh, so that's yeah, the blog. There's a bunch of, uh, there's some canon stuff on there. There's a uh, Year of the Knockoff stuff, Year of the Western, a bunch. And Steve has a couple on there, too, that are m- much more nuanced than my ham-fisted typing reviews <laughs> of write films. I one every
0: year, year and a half. So. Yeah, but
1: still, I mean, they're that good. Yeah. Um, so he he talks about his love of um, SW three the band not Star Wars three <laughs> uh, the, the girl band uh, no uh, so and I, yeah if you guys want to write to us our email address is invading podcast at gmail uh, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts at Stitcher Podbean uh, Google Podcasts Apple Podcasts um, the deli counter at your local supermarket wherever you find podcasts please rate and review us that'd be wonderful it'd be super helpful and. And Steve, how can people find you?
0: You can find me at thesaturdaynightslasher.com.
1: Oh, what is that?
0: (laughs) That's a horror webcomic inspired by 80s slasher films. Um, Such
1: as other pieces of fan art.
0: (laughs) There's uh, our Instagram and Facebook, which is under the Saturday Night Slasher, and April 25th and 26th, myself in... um, co-creator of The Siren slash Ryan Cassandy, are going to be in Dayton, Ohio. Dayton. The Gem City. Gem City Comic Con. We're going to be there. First time appearing there. We're really excited to be there. Awesome guest list. Guys like uh, William Stout. William Stout, if you don't know who he is, he's an amazing comic book artist, but he also did the design for Tarman Man and a lot of the zombies in Return of the Living Dead. 1985's classic zombie film. Um, he also worked on Masters of the Universe and created that awesome Skeletor and a lot nice. of those designs. Okay. Um Jimmy Palmiotti, if you read comics in the '90s, and and uh, he was he he worked with uh, um, Joe Cazada at the time. Uh, he's now working with uh, Amanda Connor, who I believe is his wife. Amanda a huge name in the industry. They're both going to be there. Um, awesome guest list. I just named three people, but like great Sorry, guest d- list. Did
1: you mention Brian Level? Brian Lovell's no, yeah. going to be there. Yeah. Gu- I, sorry, I look, I, you were talking and I, and I just, I did that thing where I spaced for a second, I looked at my phone and I was like, Steve's got this for the next 15 minutes. I'm like, Brian Lovell. You yeah, know, who Brian we, Lovell's you know, going to be there too. So we have on the show, His, uh, he uh, was um, uh, The Mantle, uh, yeah. the image comic, The Mantle. Did the
0: Mantle. Um, he's worked on- Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yeah. He did an uh, issue of a Darth Vader comic. He's worked on Avengers. He's He's- all over marvel um does yeah, amazing a really work. nice
1: guy to talk to if you guys are at all interested yeah. to go back to our interview with him uh which was steve was the one that set that up and it was amazing so yeah sounds like a good show yeah i'm looking forward to it yeah i mean other than it's in dayton <laughs> 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 i've only been to dayton once and it was like what under like the really dumb circumstances i, I was taking a bus from cleveland to indianapolis to go to a friend's wedding. And I was like, at the time, like I didn't have a car. Like, I was living in Cleveland. I was like, just taking the, like the, like uh, RTA. So I had to take like, I forget. I felt like seven years of a bus ride. So I was riding Greyhound, ended up in Dayton. Cause it was one of the, you know, I had to take you know, switch buses. <laughs> This is terrible. There was an old lady and an even older lady. So I don't know, mother, daughter, something like uh, and they're like, Where's where's the bus to like Charleston, West Virginia? Like they're like asking, it's like three in the morning and like everyone's just standing there with their like their luggage and they're like, No one's talking, and they're just wandering the terminal in Dayton. Then I get on my bus. It's like six hours later, I'm in Indianapolis. I get out, I'm walking around the station there, which is much bigger. I see the two of them again
0: walking around. Oh my god.
1: They got on the wrong bus, and I like I shouldn't laugh about this because it's really probably not funny, but no. it's like they're like, is this Charles? <laughs> like, no, you went six <laughs> hours the other way. Yeah. Oh, God.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm Dayton, a bad
0: person. You're a lovely city.
1: Yeah, I, I'm a bad person. So anyway, yeah, enough about that. Let's just uh let's just get to the game.
2: It's time to play the game. Time to play the game.
0: Alrighty, so now we get to play a game inspired by McMillions uh, that's about failed fast food. Uh, So every, I don't know, I'd say week at this point, uh, it feels like there's some sort of new um, item or uh, even... Even if it's not even an item, it's like a whole lineup uh, where uh, fast food restaurants will introduce new... Um, have you had
1: the uh, the donut uh, chicken sandwich thing from KFC yet? No, I or haven't. It's like a glazed donut as a bun with like a chicken sandwich in the middle? I don't know.
0: That's interesting. I've not heard that. I have... When Burgers to Beers was a, a thing in Lakewood, uh, they had a burger that was a... The Luther. Yeah, it had that a glazed was, yeah. donut, and it was amazing, so... Um, I don't eat uh, the KFC anymore because uh, every time I do, I forget. And then I go and I eat KFC and then I regret it immediately. Yeah. Um, So, uh, I'm sure I'm due to forget (laughs) again and then I'll go to KFC. Yeah, it's like
1: I... I i fought the siren song of arby's until recently and then it's like i ate just stuff i'm like oh yeah this is probably why i don't eat arby's you know well
0: it's funny there's a, a place where i grew up in sandusky called lee's chicken and uh it's, it's lee's i think it's lee's famous recipe and uh their chicken is like 10 times better than kfc which i realize that's not a high bar across but i'm always like man i, I could go for some lee's and then i'll drive by kfc and i'm like I guess I'll get KFC since it's here.
1: Yeah, it's like every so often I have I have to get Long John Silver's, even though like I'm like I know I'll be disappointed, but it just it's in my yeah. head and I can't not get it. You know,
0: like <laughs> you know. I ate twenty hush puppies and now I want to <laughs> die. Yeah. All right. So getting to the game here, uh, you have to tell me if this was a real fast food item or not. Okay. Something that maybe I made up, or the gods did. One of the two. <laughs> Alrighty, so the first one here, Mick Spaghetti is exactly what it says it is. Customers were not intrigued, but some international McDonald's still sell this item. That's a real item. Yeah. Mick Spaghetti, it just sounds awful. Like, yeah. You, you don't even have to get past Mick. It's just like Mick Spaghetti? What, like, so with with
1: the, the, the naming convention of Mick Whatever, what would you call that? Like, what would be you think would be a better name? Like Mick Pasta?
0: maybe but i think just maybe stay away from spaghetti yeah like uh my wife uh (laughs) mick sketty (laughs) she's always like you know i really liked their pizza when they had pizza the mick pizza and i'm like Mm -hmm. we can't be friends anymore but she's like we're married and then i'm like
1: there's still one that's an independent franchise in like west virginia that still serves the the pizza in stateside yeah it's like I think the guy owns two restaurants that actually still serves it. It's only like two in the United States, but it's still served in Canada, I believe. Oh wow. Well, it was anyway. The reason why it wasn't successful was one, the wait time. Yeah. And two, the boxes were too wide for the drive through window. Yeah.
0: I saw I saw that in some yeah. of my research. I thought mixed spaghetti would be harder to figure out than uh, McPizza, Pizza. So yeah. I left that one off. All righty. Excuse me. Um, the next one here is Taco Bell's Bell Beefer. This was a taco on a bun. Customers were not intrigued by the ground beef taco burger, but it still has a dedicated following with its own Facebook group that's rallying for its comeback.
1: That's a real item as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I,
1: I would try it. We have
0: tacos like once a week. Okay. And, and never have I been like, you know what this needs to do? This needs to be on a bun.
1: Like, I, I just g- growing up, um, I don't know about you, but like, I, you don't realize like how poor you are until you go back and look at like, oh crap, we were really poor. And something like, I don't know if this was like a invention that my mom or my dad made it. Like, we would do taco burgers. Okay. And it was just like ground beef seasoned with like taco seasoning and then like cheese, like cheddar cheese, and then like put on a bun. Like okay. I don't it was just, we would have taco burgers and it's like I it never occurred to me it's like that's probably the cheapest meat and cheese and then bread's a, a good staple like right and it's like and I kind of want one right now like, <laughs>
0: like well that's fair like you know uh my mom made amazing sloppy joes like when I was a kid um I I don't know that I've had a sloppy joe in like she's been gone 10 years so probably close to 10 years unless I was at like a you know, a potluck or something, and there was sloppy Joe mix, but like you can yeah. immediately taste manwich versus like homemade sloppy joes. Yeah. And like, I know the recipe is something ridiculously simple. I think it's like ketchup, mustard, and brown sugar or something stupid like that. But like, <laughs> uh, it's one of those things where I'm like, man, I could really go for one of those sloppy joes. Um,
1: Guess I'll just have KFC instead. You know, or spam.
0: Yes. All righty. So the next one here. Olive Garden's Big Beef Uh <laughs> This was a beef rigatoni covered in parmesan that was sandwiched between two pieces of garlic to make a sandwich, and uh, ultimately failed because of the unlimited breadsticks that people already had at their table, and they were less they were less interested in ordering a sandwich uh, than the other staples that were already on the Olive Garden menu.
1: I don't know why I know this. This is also a real item. Because they actually did a breadstick breadstick sandwich. This may not be the same one you're talking about.
0: Okay, I made this up. Did
1: not um, know about the breadstick no, sandwich. They, yeah, they they're trying to like capture like more of like the quick dining, and they know like the millennials like the breadsticks, so they made like a breadstick sandwich. Really? Yeah. Uh, uh, Olive Garden right now is like a weird state where they're just like, <laughs> like throwing it up against the wall. They're so trying like because it's like the whole like sit down dining experience is kind of being like they like people are kind of gravitating towards like more like smaller yeah. not smaller but more experiences versus like this like i don't know like they're them and like red lobster like they're owned by the same like big corporation they're just kind of trying to find their way right now so
0: everything should just be their cheddar bay biscuits if you <laughs> go enough. to red lobster it's their biscuits that you want
1: so okay so you made up one because the the name it's it, sound, it sounded they sounded not classic <laughs> enough for
0: so beefarino is i believe the the Again, going back to Seinfeld. The uh, the uh, beans that uh, um, Kramer feeds to the horse uh, in the episode where oh. he's the fancy cab driver. Okay, yeah. No,
1: I just like, the concept sounded like an actual sandwich, but the name I knew was not classy enough for uh, Olive Garden.
0: I don't know, I like the Big Beefarino. The big Beefarino. Uh, that or- was my nickname in high school, I don't know if you, if you know that. All righty, so this next one here is Burger King's Last Action Burger. This was set up to tie into 1993 Schwarzenegger Flop. The The sandwich was essentially a Big Mac ripoff that was heavily promoted by MTV's Dan Cortez. That's fake. Yeah, it is fake.
1: They did do a Windows 10 burger. Not Windows 10, like a Windows 7 burger or something. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It was like a Whopper with seven layers. Something I'm
1: like, like that. It's like, why would you do that? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh all right. This next one
0: here is the McAfrica. This was a, a pita with beef, cheese, lettuce, and tomato, uh, and became an enormous PR disaster. The sandwich was released in Norway during a famine in South Africa. It's real. Yeah, it's real. One of those ones where you saw I saw it and I was like, I don't even know if this should make the list, but I'm like, it's so terrible. But it's I have like to spelled A
1: F R I K A or yeah. something. Yeah. Oh God, that's it's so bad.
0: Like <laughs> yeah so i'm not i I didn't do so good at disguising the real ones but uh, no
1: i just think that i've done some deep dives for making games before and also (laughs) also the idea of weird one-off like like do you like i'm gonna say this now you're gonna gonna be like oh yeah that was a thing remember mcdonald's mighty wings like oh i forgot
0: about those (laughs) yeah that's
1: only like three years ago and they try to get into the wing game and like it didn't work and yeah. then like suddenly it was like, Hey everybody on Mighty Wigs, just come and just give a bucket. We'll dump them all and it's fine. Like it's Well, it's yeah. one of those
0: things too with McDonald's where I'm just like, you know what? You guys need to focus on what makes you McDonald's because they'll like try Mixed mix spaghetti, oh, yeah. Well, they'll do mixed spaghetti, but they'll also do like, oh, we're doing this artisanal burger. It's like, no, you're McDonald's, yeah. We want a Big Mac or a double quarter pounder, it,
1: yeah. Like, like the, them doing the breakfast anytime was, I think, a good move, yeah. It bugs me that the um, oh, egg white delights now longer there, they took okay. that off the menu. It's like that bugged me because I was actually. Of all the bad things, it wasn't the worst thing to get. Well, it's the you know?
0: funny thing, too, is, is that I've been, like I've mentioned before, that uh, I've been uh, uh, eliminating carbs and trying to eat healthy, and uh, Wendy's just came out with a breakfast uh Yeah, uh, like a hundred something, yeah. Like, and you know? I'm like, I kind of want to go and try <laughs> Wendy's yeah. uh, breakfast, but I know it's going to be so bad for me because it's Wendy's breakfast. It's
1: like I've had the, the Taco Bell breakfast ever so often, and it's like... It shouldn't be it shouldn't be as good as it is, but yeah. it is. It's just like, oh, it's just like, you know, it's like four AM but it's like eight AM now. Like it's, you know,
0: yeah. yeah. Um I don't know. I, I may break my roll this weekend and, and go uh and buy a Wendy's McBreakfast. McBreakfast.
1: breakfast. <laughs> have the McBreakfast. Yeah, hey, hey Wendy's could I have your McBreakfast sandwich please?
0: <laughs> All righty. So the next one here is uh KFC's Watchema chicken. This was uh fried chicken, bacon mac and cheese and four buttermilk biscuits slathered with gravy stacked like a dagwood sandwich. The sandwich started strong but soon ended when consumer groups deemed it the unhealthiest sandwich in America. And then
1: Hardy's picked it up and was like, "We can we could deep fry it." <laughs> um, that's not a real one, but it sounds like
0: something they would try. No, it is fake. Uh, I still watch a Chicken from the Simpsons. Uh <laughs> Homer was complaining about foods that were taken away from him. He's like, you took away my Watchin' a Chicken, my bacon balls. And I, I don't remember what the third one yeah. was, but I was just, Watchem a Chicken has already... Oh, Philly Fudge Steak was the other one.
2: <laughs>
0: Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. All righty, Jack in the Box, which I I don't think there are Jack in Boxes anywhere out this way. No, I've it's all West one. Coast. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, they had a, a product called Frings. This was a combo of onion rings and fries that was introduced in the 70s but discontinued shortly after because customers wanted either onion rings or fries, not both at the same time.
1: That sounds real. It is real. And the thing that is, is like. That sounds it, pretty good to me. Yeah, yeah.
0: I'm like, I'd be all up for that because what's the thing that you're always excited about when you get fries? Like if you find an onion ring and then you're like, <laughs> ah, bonus onion ring. <laughs> yeah. You can get both of them at the same. I, time. I think
1: McDonald's also had like an onion blossom thing too for a bit, like McPetals or something. Like this was like seventies <laughs> or eighties or whatever. Wow. You know? Yeah. I I
0: can't remember the last time I was at a. Uh Outback Steakhouse and got like a awesome blossom or something like that. I think I think we've gotten the Tower of Onion Rings at like Red Robin, but that's
1: yeah. I mean, like so they call it what well, they call it the Bloomin' onion. Yeah, uh, but there's a, there's an Overwatch thing. I know. Uh, coming back to Overwatch, the character Reaper, he does he has a move called Death Blossom where he just they just shoots the shotguns all over like mm-hmm. a blast starfighter. We call it the Bloomin' onion. Like, okay. It's like Bloomin' onions <laughs> ready. It's like, uh, like
0: all right. This next one here is a uh, Taco Bell's Mountain Dew AM. In 2012, Taco Bell <laughs> debuted a new and bizarre morning beverage called the Mountain Dew AM. Uh, this was like a mimosa, but without champagne, but instead Mountain Dew. The beverage was a sugary mix of orange juice and Mountain Dew.
1: Oh, God. You know, I, I want to believe you made this up, but it feels like that's something that they would have tried because they do the slushies. <laughs> you are good, sir. This was real. Yeah. Uh,
0: why? I drink Diet Mountain Dew like it's the the staple of my. If, if I'm not drinking beer, it's it's uh, Diet Mountain Dew, and because uh, I can't drink coffee, so it's the way that I get my caffeine. But I cannot imagine orange juice in Mountain Dew. That sounds awful. Yep. Ugh. All right. So the next one here is the uh, Hardee's glazed donut pork chopper. <laughs> This was a bacon, sausage, egg, cheese, maple syrup, and hash brown served between two glazed donuts. It also had an option to get the bacon with a chocolate coating.
1: God, I, you know, I, I want to, I, it's Hardee's, so you don't know. Um, I'm going to say it's fake but not by much yeah it is fake I uh,
0: made that one up I just like the idea of calling it the glazed donut pork
1: chopper yeah well because they're not afraid like they they taunt you with this shit where it's like we're going to have super sexy ladies eating these triple thick burgers and it's like you want a monster shake it's like yes I do want all these things why are you offering them to me you know? yeah
0: but let's be fair here putting like it in the hands of a beautiful woman does not make it more attractive
1: oh no 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 but it's like they 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 know they're just trying to do like lowest common denominator right So,
0: yeah. All righty. So, next one here. This is right up your alley. It's Long John Silver's. (laughs) Um, These were called Hush Guppies. These were beer battered fried seafood salad balls, and they were unironically billed as their healthy option. Uh, I'm going to say it's real. It was fake. I I was very proud of the name Hush Guppies. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All righty. So, we got two more here to go. Uh, next one is uh, Dunkin' Donuts fried twink nuts. What? <laughs> I can't even say it. Dunkin' Donuts fried twink nuts. Twig nuts. Twink. Twink nuts. Twink. Twink nuts. T W I N K. Okay. So these were similar to donut holes, but they were small, <laughs> f- deep fried
1: Twinkies. Uh, do you okay? I was like, do you know what a twink is? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, like twink nuts. Okay. <laughs>
0: They were sold in quantities of 10, 25, and 40. Uh, these were tied in directly to Hostess Return after being gone from the market for a few years. I, th-
1: I It's like, if you're just going to go out in the town, you just need to get yourself a bunch of twink nuts. Um, that's fake, but my God, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I was pretty proud of that one. Yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> All right, last
0: one here. This is the Domino's Oreo pizza dessert. Uh, this was basically a giant chocolate chip cookie that was it was smothered in like crushed oreos and vanilla frosting and it made a dessert pizza yes that's a real one yeah that was a yeah. real one uh people didn't like it because they were like it's really like chewy and doesn't go together and is overly sugary yeah like honestly reading that description i'm i have a severe sweet tooth reading that i'm like god that makes my teeth hurt yeah like ooh. So those were, uh, you you knocked this one out of the park. I, think, you I got- think
1: I think it's because I've done deep dives on weird, like because also like you there, there's these YouTube videos where it's like, it's fifteen weirdest McDonald's things. I'm like yes, you know like so I will. <laughs> Because you know, it's like you're always – it's always inter- – because we also we're not far away from Columbus, and Columbus is a big test area for a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Like uh, for whatever reason, a lot of fast food restaurants actually have like their headquarters out Columbus, and that's their big test market because the, the diversity of the area. Like I know um, the, the Wendy's breakfast, they tested it there. Uh, I know when Taco Bell was rolling out breakfast, they tested it there as well. Like that's – so people will – like th- this – We're not far away from them trying all these things. So I'm I'm always interested to see where they're like, this is going to be the thing that gets us. The thing that's happening right now is that everybody's trying to chase um, Chick-fil-A for their chicken sandwich. That that's if you notice with um, Wendy's with their um, with their breakfast menu they have like a honey something something chicken sandwich. Do they? Yeah, so they're trying to be they're trying to at least be second place Chick fil A. I
0: will say I've never eaten at a Popeyes, but like the craziness that was surrounding Popeyes chicken too, yeah. Sandwich, I was like, I want to try Popeyes yeah, chicken like
1: sandwich. Like I, I thank thank my wife. She has been to Popeyes and she loves it. So I've been, I've had Popeyes like twice, and it's okay. like it's good. It's just it wasn't what I like. I don't know. It's just one of those things. I am like, it never it was like I need that. But yeah. there's people that, you know, love it. That's great. Like for me, I don't know. Long John Silver's is like, unfortunately, I don't like fish all that much. I could eat Long John Silver's, which you're going to be like, Paul, that's not really fish. I'm like, you're right. You know, Like, <laughs> um, but it's like that. And like Taco Bell, like if Taco Bell was ever to remove the chili cheese burrito, I think I would just die. That's always my go-to.
0: I mean, for me, it's always been McDonald's. That's been my... I, You know, I, I go between that and Burger King, but I, I feel like years ago, Burger King changed their fries, so I'm less interested in getting Burger King most of the I, time. I
1: actually, I actually like their fries. I mean, I like McDonald's fries, too. I don't
0: I dislike know. them, but there's something about them now that I'm just like, eh, they're not the way they used to be.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, they're probably healthier. So what's, what's your go-to with McDonald's?
0: Uh, double Quarter Pounder uh, or Chicken Nuggets. Give me chicken nuggets and some barbecue sauce. I'm happy man. Yeah,
1: chicken. Oh, supposedly they're bringing back Szechuan sauce like in like mass quantities. Oh, God. So that's exciting. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> oh Mulan's coming out next that's month. That's
1: right. That's funny that if they actually bring it out again to yeah. close out with that as opposed to Rick and Morty, but the joke was made because the original Mulan thing. That's yeah. amazing. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the chicken nuggets, I love them. Uh, but I think I told you my uh my breakfast hack. I think I've told you this on the show and I tell you my McDonald's breakfast hack that I don't do anymore because it would kill me. <laughs> oh you, no. You get like um, oh, what is it? The uh, uh biscuit. It's um you get the the egg and, and bacon biscuit, like, you know, um, and then you also order um, the burritos, like two of the burritos, so you get the mild picante, you open up the biscuit, you put the hash brown on it, cover it in the mild picante, and then squish that down with the rest of the biscuit. It's awesome. Nice. It's messy as all get out, but you get <laughs> you get the crunch of the hash brown, you get the biscuit, you get the bacon, you get the the egg, and then you get picante. It's like, it's, you know.
0: Well, if I try the Wendy's breakfast this weekend, I'll report back and Please. let you know what my thoughts I need, were. need I need a blog post. Like, <laughs>
1: like, just drive around town and rate the different breakfasts. <laughs> like, that would be great. So, all right, uh, that's going to do it for us this week. Next week, um, I threw Steve a curveball, and we're going to be watching a film called The Velocipaster. It is from 2018, I think it was released 2018. It's it's a smaller film, so I'm sure it did some festival stuff. It is available for free to watch on Tubi and Voodoo. Uh it is here's the premise. Uh after losing his parents, a priest travels to China where he inherits a mysterious ability that allows him to turn into a dinosaur. Although he's horrified by the new power, a hooker convinces him to fight crime, use it to fight crime. Uh th- it isn't because like it's a ridiculous idea for a film. I want to watch it, but also kind of talk about the notion of like, was this being made like on purpose in terms of like, I mean, clearly they made the film on purpose, but
0: we accidentally made a film. No, it's more like, (laughs) like,
1: you know, what was the, what was the intent? Was there an earnestness to this? Or is it just like, like, Oh, we have a silly idea for a funny name and we're going to try to like ride this out to like get just enough to get this, you know, distributed. So there's, there is the opinion I have that there's, There's bad bad movies. There's good bad movies, and then there's movies that are bad trying to be good bad movies. If that makes sense. Yeah. And I I think this is one because I've had friends watch it, and I think I just something about this. This this smells fishy to me. That this might be. We'll see. I think this. I think the bigger discussion about trying to be campy on purpose is a very very uh, thin line to walk and manage well. Sure. So that's going to do it for us this week. Next week, VelociPastor. Pastor. Never thought I'd say those words out loud. That's pretty great. Uh, Yeah. In the meantime, have a safe week. Um, Remember, like with all the virus stuff going on, 20 seconds to wash your hands. And remember that catchy little audio like device I have to remind you of the 20 seconds. I won't play it again, but it's the beginning (laughs) of the episode. Just keep it and remember it and you'll be safe forever.
0: Thank God.